Yeah, but we can't start without some theme music. Entirely from old trumpets. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 24, I think, of Superheroes for Dummies, <laughs> the show that tries to bring everyone up to speed on the comic book world. I am your super dummy, Paul, and of course, I am joined by Mr. Dan. How are you, sir? Reaching for the stars, my friend. Oh, very oh. good. Oh, now, today, this week, this episode, we have decided to um, bring in the international superheroes for dummies team because Mr. Steve, unfortunately, is not with us. We have, however, replaced him with another Mr. Steve. It is, of course, the Retro Project. It is Mr. Steve Conroy. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me back after the, um, the misbehaviour from the Superman episode. <laughs> I do appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone deserves a second chance, and uh, it's lovely to be back again. Well, it was amazing seeing, um, you know, your background go from night to day. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a whole timeline. You can actually see how long we sat there for, and you can see us all slowly going insane over the period of a of a of a Aussie summer's morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we, uh, yeah, we definitely lost our sanity that day. And I don't think today's going to be much different. But we are not free. You are getting a double whammy today of guests because we also have someone whose na- whose voice is very familiar again. It is Mr. Matt B. Lloyd. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello and greetings. How are you guys? Even better for having the two of you with us. Yay. Awesome. Thank you. Say that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's early. Yeah. It's early. We might see the light in Steve's window again. So, <laughs> no, I'm indoors this time. It's a, it's a, it's an Aussie winter at the moment. Oh, that's true. That's right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. So we've got our cold day. Our our cold day just here. The so one. Back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Well, we're having our hot day today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. This is our one hot day of the year. We're inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, now, as ever, today's character was picked by you, the wonderful listening public. Uh, and you have chosen Starman. I am going to say it'll be no surprise to anyone. I know nothing about Starman. <laughs> Dan, how about you? Uh, Starman, no. Um, I've heard of but never looked into but I think there's and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong there's a star girl if I'm if I'm right um, but um, I'll give you three guesses where I actually found out about star girl from Smallville. Oh, she wasn't on Smallville yeah, she, was. Oh, she was she was she, episode. Oh, she was yeah. yeah same episode with Dr. Fate and Hawkman and such yeah. Why do you not have a Smallville podcast, Dan? I don't understand. <laughs> That's a great question. Like, yeah. I oh. have not the foggiest. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. Because everything like, every single time it's like, so I know one thing about this character. They were on Smallville. 
Yeah. And it's completely incorrect, but that's where I thought. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get you a T-shirt made, mate, right? And it's just going to say on it, do I know you from Smallville? <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Brilliant. I'm going to find a... I'm going to find a printing place near you and I'm going to contact them and dead set, I'm going to do this for you. And when it arrives, I want you to wear it on the podcast, mate, because I'm getting that done for you. <laughs> I will. I will. I promise. <laughs> but to be fair, the, the, the last episode we did, uh, Dr. Fate, um, I think I said, that, yeah, I saw him first in a comic, not in Smallville. That's so, true. Yeah. And I think I've done a few other episodes where I said I haven't seen him in Smallville first. So. It's all good. But yeah, there we go. But you set me up well for that. that one, so. so much. Oh, that's brilliant. Now, gang, crew, guests, well, what is your history with uh, with our man of the stars, Matt? Well, how, where, how, how's your history with him? Um, I, yeah, well put. Um, the first time I saw Starman, I'm going to guess, was the late 70s. And I had, uh, it was in All-Star Comics when DC had relaunched that in the 70s. And we're doing more Justice Society of America stories. So the exact issue, I could not tell you. I didn't bother to get that single issue out. So it was probably 73, 74, around that number of the book, uh, I think. That sounds about right. Uh, and I followed the Justice Society and all the Earth 2 characters back then. Uh, those were my favorites. They're still my favorites to this day. If DC decided to put out a separate line of Earth classic Earth 2 books, I would drop everything else and buy those instead. I didn't even think twice about it. It'd be, it'd be as, you know, as easy to do as, you know, getting out of bed in the morning. I wouldn't even think twice. Um, and so then I followed them along to uh, All-Star Squadron when Roy Thomas launched that series in 1982, and I read everything Earth 2 related throughout the 80s and into the 90s with Infinity Inc., and then, of course, when everything you know went south for the Earth 2 characters and they uh, had to be sent away into limbo, uh, and then finally in 1994, they brought the JSA back, and that's kind of where the more modern interpretations of Starman started. I, I can say I did not get any of the 70s uh, not, well, okay. That, that's really, there's too much, there's a lot of history coming up, so we'll we'll get to that later. There's, <laughs> there's a spreadsheet of like 12, 13 characters, 14 characters, so there's oh, God. lots of places to go. So let's not go everywhere at the beginning. But that's my history. So little kid, and I, all the way to the present. If Fair a Starman enough. book came out tomorrow, I would jump on it. Oh, brilliant. How about yourself, Steve? Um, uh, I am just a little bit after where Matt was. Uh, my first I, – I started collecting comics with Man of Steel number one. So I started – basically, when the crisis happened, I came in. So there was no Justice Society or anything like that. So my real first uh, introduction was the Will Payton – Starman, uh, which uh, was, well, it was pretty much, apart from Booster Gold, I think it was after the crisis was really DC's first original kind of hero that wasn't, you know, uh, a complete reboot from, from someone like Blue Beetle. There'd been a Blue Beetle 
I know with Starman there had been a Starman, but I had no knowledge of a previous Starman. So for me, Starman is a big deal for me because it's really the first comic that I ever got ownership of because I started reading it when it started. It was the first book that I actually did that with. I was reading Batman, Superman, but, you know, they've been around for years. Hmm. So that's basically where I started with Starman. And then, you know, up until this day, still so many different, like like Matt said, so many different interpretations to go into. Uh, I'm not saying he's my favourite, but he is my starting point. That's so, a great... It's like, you know, that's why it's special. And that's the original one which I picked up back in... When is it, 86? 86. Wow. So, yeah, you can see it's a little, little bit worse for wear, a bit beaten up. <laughs> no, you know, but that's the very first comic book that I got that was my own original number one. And as I said, that I was kind of able to claim ownership of. It was, that's it was a great. really neat yeah. feeling, isn't it? When you first find a character that's new and you feel like you're writing on the ground floor and there's no history or anything. I think the first yeah. one I think of like that for myself is, uh, is maybe a uh, blue beetle, which came yeah. not, not blue beetle, uh, blue devil. I'm sorry. Blue. You said blue beetle, oh, blue, blue devil. devil, blue devil. So like 1984 just or 83, just before the crisis, shortly before the crisis. And that was a new creation. He's still around in justice league dark, which you're going to get to read Dan, but uh, it was much different than it was, uh, originally than it was than it is now but same kind of I'm, thing it's uh, such a neat i want to see these two guys when someone explained to them all about blue devil <laughs> these two heads are going to explode when <laughs> do you guys know who the blue devil is no. and why he nope. looks the way he does and all of that kind of thing no nope. oh, you're gonna oh mark this down as a future episode blue devil superheroes for dummies <laughs> yeah you're gonna you guys are gonna love it we might have to vote multiple times for it, but <laughs> <laughs> have a little like a uh, contraption that just taps the mouse button on the same yeah. thing. Just over and over. <laughs> what were you doing all night, honey? You're you're laying on the floor with your hands on the table with the mouse. I was voting all night. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of jokes you could go there with, but we're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> um. Right, so, talking of the beginnings, um, Matt, I guess this is in your, your classic comics wheelhouse. Okay. His first appearance. Um, tell us about it. What, what's the deal? How did he blast into our minds? Adventure Comics, 19, uh, not, Adventure Comics number 61, uh, 1941. Uh, he starts in a like a 10, 12 page story. And he basically shows up as a fully formed character and fights a bad guy named Dr. Droog, who has some kind of, uh, what's he doing? He's a uh, stealing electric power or something like that. And they're in the, he's with a group of baddies called the children of the electron. Children of the electron. Yeah. And he, he starts off all of that down. All of it sounds so 40s. Every single bit, yeah. He uh, he actually is uh, working with the FBI. He's got a little secret uh, way of communicating with the FBI. His, his cosmic rod uh, lights up or whatever, and he knows that Woodley Allen is calling him, and he races off to this 
weird shack on the outside of town that looks real sketchy, but it's in actuality an FBI uh, safe house. And he uh, he meets Alan and he gets the mission and he goes and he stops Dr. Droog. And it goes on like that for uh, about four years. His last appearance in Adventure Comics is 102, uh, 1946. And he appears in All-Star Comics 8 through 23 uh, from 41 to 45. Those were quarterly books. So it sounds like a lot but uh, in the years, but it's only, what, 16 issues? eight to 23. So there's not a ton of golden age appearances, probably about 60 in total. Well, and so it's another one of these. We don't, they don't bother with an origin story to begin with. He's just here. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He just shows up and he does his thing and you learn about what his powers and what he can do as the stories go through. And then he's sort of lost to time until he uh, he gets picked up when all the JSA and Golden Age characters come back with uh, uh, the introduction of the concept of Earth 2 and uh, in the Flash of Two Worlds story from 1961 and then subsequent you know reintroductions of the other characters like Starman, got, um, Hawkman, etc. I've got a question for you, if you don't yeah. mind, Matthew. Not at because, all. Because um, I've just realized, like I'm I'm I consider myself to be pretty well versed on Starman, but everything you said, I it's the first time I've heard it. Um, <laughs> you know, apart from the all-time classic character Doctor Droog, that you know everybody everybody knows Doctor Droog. Um, <laughs> was was he from the first issue or his first appearance? I should say. Sorry, was he a scientist from the get-go? Um, he's actually supposed to, and originally he's not a scientist. He's like an amateur astronomer. He's a playboy. He's a bored right. playboy that has nothing better to do than hang out with attractive women and go dancing and eat dinner and get called away at the most inopportune time uh, of the evening to go fight some bad guy. And but he's, he's not a, the full-blown scientist that we meet later on down the track. No, that's developed uh, okay. sort of later on and on the side. The first real uh, notion that he's a scientist comes from – all-Star Comics or uh, All-Star Squadron. Can you even see that? Yeah. All-Star Comics um, or Squadron. Shoot. All-Star Squadron number 41, 1984, which gives us his origin. You can't even see that. I'm like blocking that out, that background. Anyways, <laughs> that's when he first gets his origin, exactly. like 44 year, 43 years later. Um, right. when, uh, when DC's doing the All-Star Squadron and Roy Thomas is – Doing a great job of telling these Earth 2 stories that took place in the Golden Age era back in the 40s and doing his absolute best to incorporate everything he can uh, instead of rewriting things. So he manages to take what little there is about Starman's powers and origin and put it into a cohesive story. Uh, and like uh, the scientist that's rescued in that first uh, Starman story from 1941 plays a role in his origin uh, story from that issue I just showed you. Uh, he actually ends up saving him because that's his uh, – that's part of the way he got his uh, his cosmic rod. We're going to have a hard time not laughing at that, I know. Thanks, Max Byrne. <laughs> um, we're all thinking it. Let's just put it out there. Max, yeah. that one's for you. Go ahead and get your – Jolly's out right now because we're going to say the word <laughs> cosmic rod or gravity rod a lot today or staff or whatever. Um, 
So uh, he works it all in really uh, interestingly and even adds a lot of other stuff. Do you want to go into his official origin while we're talking about it or yeah. do you want to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's go so, so this is something that uh, is later touched on in the James Robinson series uh, came out in the 90s. But uh, Ted Knight is the original Starman. That's his name, Theodore Knight. And his cousin is Sandra Knight, who in the Golden Age was the original Phantom Lady, the original girl with an inappropriate costume. Um, and they're cousins. And Ted is this uh, guy who... Uh, He's a playboy. He's supposed to be a you know a lazy playboy. He's not really interested in, in stuff. But Sandra is the opposite. She's like driven, and she's working uh, at the. Uh, her dad is a senator, so she has connections with the government and stuff. And there's this scientist that uh, she knows, and he's been developing these uh, these these devices. And one of them involves uh, the use of black light and such, uh, so that. Uh, she wants to try to develop that into something else, and that eventually becomes her black light ray that she uses as Phantom Lady. Uh, so go ahead and vote for Phantom Lady now because she's got <laughs> a long history as well because she's not actually in the original comics from the 40s that Starman is in. She was a quality comics character that DC acquired in the 50s, but since they both had the same last name and they're both 1940s characters, they went uh, – Roy Thomas made them actual cousins in continuity. Um, so anyways, uh, one of the devices he's working on is this cosmic rod, and he ends up using what scientific knowledge he has and combining with his uh, amateur astronomy to get it to uh, be powered by starlight. So that's where it comes from. So in that origin story that Thomas writes uh, in the 80s, that uh, that first adventure ends up being uh like the second half of his origin his first half is you know he's at a restaurant with his girlfriend batman and robin stop a crime in the restaurant and he's inspired by that and he even mentions green lantern i think because he lives in gotham originally in the original comics not opal city as we'll see later on and uh he uh he wants to do something but he doesn't want to be uh but he doesn't know what to do. But when Sandra introduces him to this uh, technology the scientist has been working on, and now that the scientist is missing, he develops the cosmic rod enough to make it work, and he calls it a gravity rod to begin with. Uh, and he saves the scientist, and that's the back end of the origin, which is right out of uh, Adventure Comics 61. Whose brain is already fill up? <laughs> there's a piece here 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 and here yeah it's all it's and that's kind of i think as we get going that's kind of the brilliance of what uh dc would do with their golden age characters and their legacy characters they would try to pull all the bits and pieces of the characters that uh, simon make one the good writers and try to make one cohesive coherent story that didn't eliminate uh, anything unless it was absolutely ridiculous. And even then, sometimes it wasn't eliminated. Uh, they would find a way to make it plausible. Um, and that's kind of what I like about the, the the DC legacy characters. I don't think they have the sense of that 
enough anymore. Although there are little bits and pieces here and there that you that make you smile. Um, so there's a lot to sort of bring in, even though it starts out real simple, it really expands. And that's kind of, in my opinion, the real brilliance of what James Robinson does uh, in the 90s with Starman after uh, the Will Payton era. And there's another two or three more characters to add in plus other characters. So, yeah, so we're getting there. We're getting there. But yeah, I, I just really like that aspect of it. And it's just bits from here and there and everywhere that are all put into this one long continuity and, and they find a way to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> right. When you when you're sitting down and watching it though, uh, when you're reading it, sorry, like Matthew was kind of explaining it like um the the brilliant thing with Starman is is when you were kind of reading it monthly, like the main Starman book that we'll talk about, it all made perfect sense because you were getting like a, a pretty dense issue every month um, that would just, and it was always forwarding the story. Every single issue that, not a single issue that I would consider filler in the whole of, it's like Sandman, the same kind of thing, you know, there's no there's no filler in Sandman. So although as we're going through it, it might sound complicated and, and all that kind of thing, when you sit down to read it, it's, 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 what's the, what, I mean, what's the expression? I'm sure there's an expression like it's, it's complex in its simplicity. Mm. You know, it, it it's so easy to follow, but the way Robinson writes it, it's just like things. And the only the only there's only one thread that never got picked up, and that was because this character basically got eliminated from the DC universe. So even that, he was able to rewrite into a into a, <laughs> into a thing as well. So. Because he had this fortune teller and, uh, yeah, the whole whole thing. But we'll get to it. But I just wanted to, to that, although it's going to sound it's going to sound overwhelming, um, don't let it put you off ever reading this series because it is, it is such a great read. It's so simple. And we'll be going into a lot of detail, but uh, I'm sure James Robinson wrote it better than we will probably explain it. Uh, to me, it's it's the comic of the 90s um, as far as your straightforward superhero comics go. And it's not straightforward in the sense that it's so it's so it's so brilliant, but it is straightforward in the sense that it's we're just talking about superheroes. We're not talking about Earth elementals. We're not talking about, you know, the living embodiment of the dream. We're not talking about a vertigo book. We're not talking about stuff that was you know, you know, revolutionary like Marvel Man. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a straightforward superhero book. Is everything about it, you know, uh, you know, dumbed down? There's nothing dumbed down about it. It's it's brilliant. It's beautiful. It's it's one of my all time favorite reads of anything. And like, uh, it's only the original run is only eighty issues. I mean, if you were only going to read that, that would be it's like reading all of Sandman, the original Sandman stuff. Mm. It's just it's that it's there it is. And it's it to me, it stands. I've reread, obviously, most of it for this show over the past uh, month and a half. But it's uh, it's brilliant. It's just phenomenal. And I can't wait to get more into it. But next, move it on. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you're drawing parallel to Sandman. I don't know, this might sort of carry through as we continue, but it does sound like it's 
it wasn't written to be I don't want to sort of underplay other stories, but it wasn't written to be like just a weekly bit of fun. It they had war in mind as they wrote it. That and it sounds like that's that's what it was. Every story they told wasn't trying to just get you to the next week while they built up to something. It was every story they told had a very big reason. Well, w- without spoiling anything, the last page of the first issue, is, and one of the reasons I love. And, and got sucked into the book doesn't pay off until another 59 issues or so <laughs> down the track. And they don't even talk about it. Now, for someone like me who loved, like, one of the Starmen in, particu- in particular, this was, for me, was mind-blowing. And I was like, all right, no problem. I'm on board <laughs> with this book. Never mentioned it again until about another 50 or so issues in. 50 or 55 issues in. And then I think it was issue 64 that the character actually finally pops up again. So they were playing the long game with it from the very, very first issue. Very first issue. And and it's one of the very few series that the end is actually an end. It's not... uh, Every every issue is written by the same guy. Uh, He does have a collaborator for some of the issues. uh, But... It's all James Robinson's baby, and he had. It's clear he had everything planned out, and when it ended, it ended. It, there wasn't you. There was nobody going to come in with issue number eighty-one and write that because it was over, and that was the point. And that doesn't happen very, very often. But uh, you know, I got to meet Robinson a couple years ago at a con here, and uh, I, I had to ask him, you know, what. Would you ever consider coming back to Starman? And he said no because he said he wrote the story he wanted to write and it was mm-hmm. done. And there's no reason to go back. He said if you thought it was what what was there was great, you know, there's no reason to go back and do it, redo it, or add to it and muck and muck it up because what it is 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 one of the best comics you're going to read ever. And there it is. It's one of the best comics you're ever going to read ever, and there's no reason to add to it if it's uh, if it's not necessary. There's one extra issue, 81, that came along with uh, Blackest Night, uh, or the the Green Lantern crossover, but we can get into that later. It doesn't have a ton to do with much, but just sort of an addendum to where some of those other characters in the book are later on but uh yeah it's that's one of the rare things about it that it is pointing towards something else it is about something else it's about uh it's about uh the relationship between fathers and sons it's about uh in a broader sense the definition of family and history and uh how you you know how someone can overcome their own you know misgivings about things and go on to do something they never thought themselves capable of it's it's a lot in there and every and there's so many characters i mean we i don't think i could name every character in the entire 80 issue run there's so many we'll, we'll try to focus on the main ones but there's 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 a whole episode for the odare family we could do even that's part of the police uh the group of the police family that's in the series uh so and the shade, of course, probably deserves his own episode as well. There's enough on him too. So, all right, wherever uh, wherever <laughs> we are, I'm sorry, I'm I'm verbose and I go all over the place. <laughs> no Just one. for the record, it's only one question so far. 
<laughs> and I think it was mine. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah. yeah, we didn't actually. I think this is one of those characters a lot of people don't know many details of. So we've only had questions from a few of our regulars. Um, but I think we've illustrated that along the way. We'll we'll be able to find things to talk about. <laughs> I think we will. Um, so our first question uh, is from Mike Burton, a name you will hear a few times today. Thank and you, you sort Mike. of alluded Good questions. Yes, thank you, Mike. Um, you alluded this a little bit earlier, Matt. Um, but Mike's question is, why is he called Starman? Now, is that something that's just retconned, or was there a reason for it in the first place? Or, Well, uh, he's always with the Cosmic Rod, gotten his power from the stars, from that Cosmic Rod. They never told us how he got the Cosmic Rod originally, or the Gravity Rod at that time, but it was always powered by starlight. So they did tie the, the his amateur astronomy gig into the, the notion of the stars as being part of the power that runs the, the, the gravity rod. And that's, that's why he's Starman. And then of course there's that yellow star on his chest. That's a fair reason. Yeah. And then the Will Payton Starman is called Starman because the first time he went out in public, he kind of used this explosive energy that, that kind of blew outwards. Again, also had a big star on his chest. So I think it was kind of preordained for both of them, really. <laughs> and Jack Jack never really, really embraces the name Starman, though, does he? It's, it's kind of the title of the book. But everyone still just really referred to him as Jack most of the time. Yeah, he's one of those characters that you just think of as Jack Knight. And even though part of that whole theme of it is him trying to, deciding to become Starman for his dad and carry on that legacy it's it's something he never part of the whole book deals with the whole book deals with this his misgivings about here being a hero uh his struggles with trying to live up to his dad especially when they didn't always get along and it's it's you know he's Starman, but you really think of him as jack jack knight mm. he's jack you know you don't really think of him as Starman, which is kind of Weird. It's just that the character, the individual matters more than the code name and the costume. And the, uh, the the Jeff Bridges character from the movie Starman was called that because he was from space. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Just for the just like the there. David so Bowie. Song. If you if you look at the end of that film, actually, if you look at the end of um, the Jeff Jeff Bridges Starman movie from back in the eighties. It actually says that the the name is used with the permission of DC Comics. So, yeah, it's actually at the end in the credits. I noticed that years and years and years ago. So he's kind of an unofficial Starman, I suppose you could you could almost kind of wangle in there if you really wanted to argue with someone on the internet on a forum. <laughs> you probably that sounds you like my probably, game, uh, my bag, right? Yeah, there. <laughs> you, you could probably really dig your heels in on that one. I reckon. Well, true, true story. When that movie came out, I was like, Starman, whoa, they made a Starman movie? No way. And then all it took was, you know, the little bit of the trailer to go, that's not Starman. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Kind of like when I saw the Batman versus Superman trailer. Oh, <laughs> not Batman but, uh, but, or Superman. <laughs> no way, but it was, but, but, but it was Wonder Woman. <laughs> anyway, I won't go there. Won't, <laughs> won't. That was for um, you, Steve. We miss you, buddy. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Oh wow. Um, okay, moving swiftly on. Um, our next question is oh, again, Mr. Mike Burton. Um, and he asks, uh, what is his powers and weaknesses? Well, that sometimes depends on which version of the character you're talking about. But I would say all the ones that use a cosmic rod or staff, uh, the, their power comes from that. And, uh, Originally, it was just something that overcame the forces of gravity. It was able to uh, fire bolts of energy. It harnessed the power of radiated starlight. Uh, so it enables him to fly. Uh, he can lift things with it because it reduces gravity. Uh, he can make a, 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 sheet, a field, of energy field around him to deflect things, that kind of thing. Um, later on, as it gets more powerful, uh, I was reading something and I wrote a note to myself because I really wasn't sure if it was trying to indicate he could travel at the speed of light or not, but it seemed like it was suggested. Um, you'll see him uh, melt steel with it, deflect bullets and redirect them, use the cold light of the stars to cool things down, magnetic rays are what counteract the gravity he uses as a flashlight. Look at that face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cold light of the stars did that to you, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, but like I think recharge. I saw it the face it. change in an instant. <laughs> <laughs> he just he was like he was like he was in he was kind of like and then the cold light of the stars. And... <laughs> Doesn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm here for. This is why I'm here. <laughs> And even though the sun is a star, the sun won't recharge it because then he'd be like Sun Man or whatever. So he's got to yeah. be Star Man. Um, and then some of the other characters we see along the way that are called Star Man that are not uh, in direct lineage with the uh, the, the cosmic rod. Uh, uh, Michael Thomas from uh, the mid-70s, Prince Gavin, and Will Payton all have different forms of uh, energy uh, – energy uh, power but they 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 are described in the comic as a uh sisterly kind of power it's a similar power but it's not the exact same power but they're somehow related uh to each other so it kind of tie it makes a greater connection with the uh them as part of the greater starman family and then i have uh we got to talk about Danny Blaine because that's a different Starman uh, entirely, but it's also a long story. So I don't know if you want to get into him a little bit later or try to incorporate him into the power uh, aspect because he's a, uh, he's a whole, he's a horse of a different color. He's <laughs> and, and the way I view it, there's actually two characters there, not just one. So there's, more complexity so right, okay. I we'll, we'll come back to him maybe as yeah. we go through the list of who uh who else has been Starman or 
you know. But not Starfinger. That's totally different. Okay. Starfinger. He's a Legion of Superheroes villain that is not related whatsoever. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, dear me. Oh, I'm filth. Um, I'm sorry. So what about uh, weaknesses then? Um, he's screwed Bullet if he to drops the chest. <laughs> Bullet to the chest saved to do it. Yeah, that did it pretty good, didn't it? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Tell him why it's, that's uh, funny. Go ahead and tell him why well, that's it's so basically, funny. It's basically how the, how the book starts. The book starts with... Uh, with Ted Knight's other son, David, um, basically perched on the edge of a building, getting ready for his kind of nightly Batman-style patrol. And uh, as he goes to take off, you see his, his feet basically just lift off of the the perch and a bullet just goes straight through him. And he's dead, First, basically, first act of the first story. Like, Star two. <laughs> wow. And just, wow. And it's one of those classic shots, because he's got the... Because he's got the plastic cape on, you see the the bullet go through him, and the back of the cape does that kind of perched out thing that you see when a when a hero or villain with a cape gets shot. And it's a, it's honestly it's a it, the visual of it is fantastic. I may actually have it right here. It's uh <laughs> it's insane. So yeah, so David David Knight's uh, main weakness was a bullet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's page, page three. So imagine picking up that book. That's and that's the first issue of that new Starman series. You think, oh, Starman, cool. Oh, okay. Da, 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 page three. He's dead. What? Pow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's not just dead. He's very dead. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't know. I can't remember. Maybe it's something I'm just thinking of in my head. But do you see a shot of him on the pavement after he's after he's been shot, or is it is that it? It might be in one of the retellings of it later on. Yeah, for some reason I've got a visual of that in my head as well. Yeah, he's just laying there and there's blood and yeah. yeah. It might be in another issue where they're telling somebody's reliving the the moment or something. Yeah, oh, because yeah, we have to get into the – we have to somehow Contra. get into the fact that <laughs> – yep, and also the fact that this is not the last time we see this Starman either. Right. And the way that you get to see him, this is going to blow you guys' mind. When we get to this bit, oh, I'm looking forward to this. It's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get it's, there. It's brilliant, though. It's actually brilliant. And it's beautiful, too. Yeah. yeah. But um, right. the Will Payton star, man, his, his weaknesses were kind of, um, if you kind of thought Superman toned down. So he could take, right. a, he could take a hell of a beating. He was probably like mid-Superman level as far as his, his powers and strength and, and all of that kind of thing kind of went. Um, so, you know, he could probably take half the beating that Superman could. Would probably be the best way to, to, to kind of describe it. But no kind of like, no like kryptonite or, uh, you know, the colour yellow or wood. <laughs> if you're... Gas. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing like that. Just a, a really good shellacking would, uh, would take him down. I mean, there there's some of the, the stories with Jack Knight and those characters that if they just get overwhelmed and they can't focus enough to fight back with the, the rod, they can get their ass kicked easily, you know. Oh, and I forgot. As far as powers goes, Will Payton is the shapeshifter. Oh, that's right. That's as right. Well. 
So he, yeah. Uh, sorry, that's a that's a fairly big thing to miss out <laughs> about a person. Isn't it? That's, was that if you want to meet after, someone? Was that before you'd after he found out front. he was Prince Gavin? Also. Yeah, yeah, and that brings the whole shape shifting thing in. Yeah, well, yeah. There's the fact that those who, yeah, well, we've got stuff to get into, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But again, it sounds complicated, but the way this is all weaved in and the, the brilliance of it is it's not something where, where Robinson set things up on the first issue of his own story and just calls back to them. The fact that he's calling back, Will Payton ended up playing a big role in the 90s Starman series yeah. towards uh, towards the back end of it um, and becomes like a driving force for, for some of the decisions that are made. Um, he ties back to that, but he ties all the way back to the Justice Society. Um, like we get to find out some stuff about some of the, the Justice Society members that they never would have been written that way in the 40s, like him and Black Canary, for example, yep. um, and a, a whole heap of heap of other stuff. The, the, the threads of you could you could almost read Starman and come away with a, a really good knowledge of the DC universe as a whole throughout yep. throughout time. You know, mm. yep. so it's um it's it's definitely one. Which you would come away knowing much more about it than you than you did, but you know it's uh, it's one of those brilliant things where the scope it can be huge, but the stories are so intimate and so focused on character and the relationships between the characters that it uh, it doesn't feel like you're lost and floating and drifting in space like you guys probably do right now. You're probably thinking this is a dumpster fire. How am I ever going to make sense of this? But <laughs> But but as Steve has already said, the way it's written, the way Robinson writes it, it's 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 just a beautifully written story. I mean, there's plenty of novels like think about Lord of the Rings. I mean, you don't get confused with that when you read it. I mean, if I sat here and tried to explain it and describe all the characters and relationships and you'd be like, what are you talking about? But when you read it and you go along, it makes sense. And he doesn't – he calls back to things, but it's not things that you have to have previous knowledge of. He gives you everything you need to know. You know, He doesn't just throw the Wesley Dodd Sandman in there and go, oh, you know who this is. He, he tells you who it is. He explains it as he goes through. This is going to be a long episode. Vote for the Wesley Dodd <laughs> Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is gonna be like this is gonna need a new spin-off series. All the characters. Have, you guys got any, have either of you two got any real kind of basic wanna know things to get it out of the way to understand it better kind of questions at the moment, based on what we've spoken about so far, possibly incoherently. <laughs> <laughs> Not a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just everything. I'm just sitting yeah. back and just letting you guys go wild. All right. So it's um. Oh, so where are we moving on to next? Who's our next star man? Well, was if that, we're starting, was it, was it Mikhail Thomas or was it Prince Gavin that came out first? Chronologically in time, or well, either way, it's it's not. It's the star man in 1951 because either, and no matter how you look at it. He first appears in the comics before anybody in the 70s because he appears in 1951. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And that's the other thing is he does. He appears before any of the other ones, but he first turns up in issue, is it 70? 
71? It's, it's one of the last issues of the series. Yeah. He's mentioned yeah. throughout the entire run at different times, but he doesn't actually show up in the series till one of the last of the, uh, within the last 10 issues, something like that. But his first appearance in comics, his first appearance in comics was Detective Comics number 247, 1951. But he's completely unrelated to the Starman legacy at this point. And he is actually, drumroll please, da 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 da, Batman. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> um, some evil guy managed to uh, hypnotize Batman into thinking he had a fear of bats, so he wouldn't put on the costume anymore. But instead, he gravitated towards astronomy and the stars and created a Starman identity. Uh, and he has the, the costume that Robinson uses in the in the comic that they use in the comic, and he's directly behind me. I can't get out of the way quite enough. He's back here. Can you point him out? Can you see him, Steve, or is it not in the thing? Yeah, he's at, he's at the bottom. He's like, see, you can see uh, kind of like Will Payton flying. Mm -hmm. And the red boots, the guy underneath Will Payton's red boots is, um, is the Starman of 1951. So it's a Batman style. It's not a Batman costume, but he has the scallop cape, like little star points. And it looks like a coxcomb, like little star things. Um, eventually in that story, Robin is able to unhypnotize him and he goes back to being Batman but that's the first appearance of the Starman in 1951 and so James Robinson utilizes this one-off story from you know 40 years previous to uh, work that into the legacy of Starman and it turns out that uh, at that point in Ted's Ted the original Golden Age Starman uh, his career he'd been going through a lot of uh, trauma for having help with the Manhattan Project and creating the atomic bomb and real issues with being involved with the Manhattan Project and the atomic bomb. Uh, at the same time, his longtime girlfriend is murdered, and he kind of goes into a bit of a, uh, a state, and he's in and out of sanitariums. So Dr. Charles McNider, the uh, golden age Dr. Midnight, sees that Opal City, where Starman operates, still needs a, a hero. So he comes out of semi-retirement and is the Starman of 1951 for most of 1951. Um, so he's no longer Batman in the new continuity because of cosmic bollocks and shenanigans with the <laughs> continuity and <laughs> crisis on infinite earths and zero hour and all that foolishness. Um, but there's still a Starman in 1951 who looks like that. And it's Dr. Midnight for most of the year until the very near the end of the year when it's no longer him. It's do we just go ahead and spoil it and tell him who it is? Steve? Uh, it's um, it's the guy who you just saw take the bullet through the chest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically what happened is, is the second before he is shot, he is sent back in time and becomes the Starman from 1951. But no one is aware of that until I think it's what issue 75 or something like that, yeah. something yeah. Some, somewhere around there. Um, and then so Jack is reunited with him. Um, but then then there's all this stuff that. OK, so we should probably point this out. 
So David dies. David's <laughs> Jack's brother. He dies in the first issue. Right. But every year on his birthday, Jack is visited by basically by the ghost of David. And each year they do an amazing issue and they're always called Talking with David. And they go through a different point in history or they go and visit a, a, a certain uh, time period and, and see things or they just talk to each other. Um, one time they go on a pirate adventure together. <laughs> which was, I know, it's, it's, uh, it, but it is just perfect. So by the time you get to the end and Jack goes back and sees David, he's resolved all of the brotherhood issues they had because they've had this time together in the Talking With David issues. David hasn't had any of that experience. So while Jack's kind of healed from the competitiveness and the nastiness they had as, as siblings, David never had that. So that kind of starts up a little bit. And when, it's, when it starts, David is the more mature out of the two of them. By the time that Jack meets him again, when they travel back in time, it's switched and Jack is the more mature out of the two of them. And they end up kind of having to reconcile a second time. And it's, it's again, as I said, the whole time travel thing, it makes it all sound very complicated. Mm. But the payoff when you find out that David is the star man of 1951, it just, it's just insane. It's one of those moments in comic books because there wasn't even a hint. There wasn't even a clue this is what they were going to drop on us. <laughs> and... You know, they just mention him from time to time. Oh, there's this star man from 1951, but no one cared about him. That was just hypnotised Batman. That was uh, no no one cares, and that was um, and that was kind of how they used to name drop him. And then it turns out, you know, and then um, but unfortunately, he has to return back to that point in time, and uh, so he he does end up getting getting killed. But it's uh, okay. it's yeah, it's. As I said, it's there's a lot there's a lot going on. <laughs> Cosmic timey wimey, basically. Yeah, right. But it's brilliant. It's touching. It almost brings a tear to your eye. It's 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 fantastic stuff. Yeah, and it's um. I mean, one of the things which should be said is when David is killed, um, there is a flashback at at one point where um, David's getting ready and he's going out to go out on patrol and he's with. He's with Ted because Ted Knight's still around at this point. So um, the original Starman is, and they're the, both the sons of of Ted. And um, he um, he's kind of making fun of the fact that David's wearing this costume and he's going out and he's being this lame superhero because, you know, Jack's kind of like the, the best way to describe him is he's the guy in the nineties you you would have known who was massively into indie rock. You know, he would have been the person who told you that he saw Nirvana before you ever heard of them. You know, yeah. um, he would have called Pearl Jam mainstream. He would have, like, you know, he would have been... He starts off as a bit of a jerk in the book. Yeah. So yep. when David's actually killed, the last thing that happened is basically they had an argument and he was basically telling him he was lame and then the the old man gets mad at him because he doesn't respect the legacy. So And uh, so the whole the whole book really starts from grief with Jack mourning his brother being killed and kind of like the last moments they spent together. And the book really spirals. That is its starting point. It really just spirals from there. Right. Mm. <laughs> My head doesn't hurt at all. No. <laughs> no. 
Now, I'm slightly afraid to ask the next question. Uh, again, it's from Mike Burton. Thank you, Mike. Um, now, I know, Matt, you have a list. In fact, you I have do. a spreadsheet. I do. <laughs> so maybe if we go with you first, Steve, and then Matt can check his list off and then see if there's any that have been missed out and fill in any blanks. Because Mike's question is, how many different star men slash star men are there? Uh, well, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a spreadsheet, but let's go. So we've got Ted Knight, we've got the Star Man of 1951, we've got. Uh, Prince Gavin, uh, we've got Michael Thomas, we've got Will Payton, uh, we've got Star. Well, he was Starboy who became Starman in the Legion of Superheroes. Right. Uh, we've got David, and we've got Jack. So they're the ones which I can remember off the top of my head. Um, additionally. Well, here we go. I'll go down my list since it's chronological in the order they are supposed to appear in DC Comics continuity. Okay? Right. Um, I'll preface this by saying one of them is really – two of them are really the same person, but you kind of have to think about it as different people. Uh, and three of them are women, female characters that are clearly not or two of them are female, three of them are female characters. One of them never was called Starman, but he's certainly part of the Starman legacy. So starting at the top, we have Ted Knight, the original Golden Age Starman. And then we have the 1951 Starman that we've already discussed. And then there was actually a one-off villain in Detective Comics 286 that has no relation whatsoever. But my research made me stumble across it, so I thought I'd include it. Uh, then we have Michael Thomas, who appears in uh, first issue special number 12, uh, 1976. One of appearance until james robinson picks him up uh later on then we have the prince gavin character who appears in adventure comics number 467 at first he was created by steve ditko uh and then after that is where we start to get into the uh the, the real legacy element of the uh of the character um i'm including sylvester pemberton who was the original star spangled kid and later skyman in the uh, 80s and 90s because he ends up with Ted Knight's gravity rod, cosmic rod, and eventually helps develop the cosmic converter belt from the same technology. Uh, and then we have Will Payton, post-crisis. And then we have David Knight. David Knight actually shows up in Will Payton series originally, issue number 26. There's a two-issue story there where he first appears. Then we get Jack Knight, who first appears in Zero Hour, Crisis and Time, number one, which is the character we've been talking about, uh, even though his solo series is really uh, where you start with him. You don't need to read that Zero Hour stuff to understand anything about him. Uh, and then we have Danny Blaine. And then we have... Courtney Whitmore, who is known as Stargirl, who Dan, you first saw in Smallville. Okay. But she's <laughs> part of the Starman legacy because she has the cosmic staff. And originally in the comics, she had the cosmic converter belt because she started out as the Star Spangled Kid, the second version of the Star Spangled Kid. And then we have her sister, her younger sister, who will go on to be Star Woman, Patricia Dugan. And then we have, uh, uh, Tom Callor from the Legion of Superheroes, who was Starboy, becomes Starman and comes back in time and is the Danny Blaine Starman when he's back in the 
uh, near future as opposed to the uh, far future of a uh, the 30th century, 31st century. And then from the 800, uh, what year is that? Uh, Ferris Knight. 853rd That's century. it. That's it. 853rd century. Thank you. Ferris Knight from the 853rd century, who is a long, 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 distant, 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 distant descendant of the whole Knight clan and Jack Knight. So those are the ones we know of, but there's a lot of time in between Tom Callor in the 30th slash 31st century and Ferris Knight in the 853rd. So who knows who we're missing, but that's what I've got in that order. Can I, can I rewind to just one, one thing? Yes. Do you watch Smallville, Dan? <laughs> no, never. Never seen an episode wow. in my life. <laughs> now, I was going to ask, was there, or is it my imagination, was there an issue where um, Ted Knight's wife went out on a, an adventure kind of... I, I remember they, something happening to Ted and she... They weren't married yet. The they weren't married yet. It was uh, Doris Lee. It was uh, All-Star Comics number 15 originally yeah. in the 40s. Uh, all the JSA character members are uh, uh, off... And they're out of town on separate missions. It's all a, a ploy by Brainwave. And Wonder Woman gathers the girlfriends of the JSA. And they she equips them with the costumes and powers – or not powers, but you know equipment if they have it. So some of them are just you know a poor girl dressed up like the Spectre who has no power whatsoever. Yep. Um, and so technically Doris, Doris Lee has an appearance as a Starman – a Starwoman – very early on but it's a one-off story but yes no you don't you didn't you didn't imagine that it takes place all-star comics number 15 and then of course james robinson touches on it in one of his issues that's in where his i remember it from yeah yeah, yeah 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 yep it's all i think tied into the whole uh starman in 1951 uh storyline when he's remembering back to uh uh that part of his life No, I'd regret asking that question. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> I've, been wait- I've been waiting for that one for, for months. <laughs> um, again, a question I'm going to regret asking. How, how, who, what, how, when, how? How does the starness sort of go from person to person? What? I mean... Like, how does the legacy get passed from one character? Yeah. Today? Okay. Um, well, with... I guess if we look at it... Uh, we've already kind of talked about the Starman in 1951. Ted Knight sort of incapacitated mentally, and Charles mm. McNider comes in to take take a Starman role, even if he's not dressed as the same guy. He has a Starman identity. Um, and then it's passed on to Sylvester Pemberton when he gives uh, him the Cosmic Rod and says, the retcon reason is Neither of my boys want to follow the legacy, but since you've just come out of being trapped in time for 40 years and looking like you need a, uh, a, a reason to go on, how about you be my successor? And Star Spangled Kid, Star Man, it's close enough. So he gives him that uh, uh, cosmic rod. Uh, and then uh, Sylvester Pemberton, after he dies, his... His buddy Stripesy keeps the uh, uh, cosmic converter belt, and uh, it is some 
and Courtney Whitmore, his Pat Dugan, hit Pat Dugan's stepdaughter, Courtney Whitmore, stumbles across the star the star spelled kid stuff who's now called Skyman. Well, after he died, he was Skyman, then he died. His costume and the cosmic converter belt, and she puts it on and wants to be a superhero. Uh, and she's Star Spangled Kid too for a while. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, David Knight gets the cosmic rod from Ted uh, once Sylvester's died, etc. And then Jack Knight gets a revamped version of the cosmic rod that they work on more to make into a big cosmic staff so it's not a simple rod like you'd hold in your hand but a big staff like you would imagine you know mm -hmm. fighting two-handed with and it's got a hook a crook on the end of it like a you know a tricked out shepherd's crook or something like that but metal and and cool looking he eventually gives that to courtney when he decides to no longer be Starman, and uh she uses that and changes her name to Star Girl. Uh, at some point in the future that has been undisclosed, Patricia Dugan will get some version of the cosmic staff slash rod. Uh, and then when it comes to the guys in the future in the Legion of Superheroes, Starboy, his powers aren't related at all. Um, but if we jump back to the Michael Thomas version, he is a character that is an alien that falls, that is sent to Earth by an alien race to prepare for invasion. But once he gets here, he decides he doesn't want to do that. And his powers are come from a crystal embedded in his chest. Right. So he's sort of like a not related to the the direct lineage, but he's associated uh prince gavin the same way he gets thrown out into space as part of a ritual he absorbs this power and then he has these powers that he channels it through what looks like an old man's walking stick like a shepherd's crook i don't know that's <laughs> kind of weird but that's what it looks like uh, and he uses that to help channel the power um will payton um tell about will payton because i don't know all the details of his uh well, will payton was basically just a he was just an everyday guy who was um who was out hiking in the Rocky Mountains um, and woke up a month later with uh, freaky powers. So he'd, he'd gone off camping. Will Payton was kind of um, shown to be kind of like a bit of a, not a drifter, but he couldn't hold down a job. He would kind of, you know, move from place to place and all that kind of thing. And he uh, it later discovered that um, there was a scientific institute near where he was, which was channeling the powers of the stars um and setting up their own superheroes so the energy from the satellite was supposed to be funneled through to the scientific institute they had i think it was six or seven uh different patriotic americans would probably be the way i think they were described back in the past um but it, they were really kind of manipulated by this scientist mm. and the satellite was hit by a piece of space junk um the laser was redirected and it hit Will Payton and that's how he got his all of his powers. Um, so he he basically is part of the legacy because of the probably because of the, the radiation from the stars powers him the same way the cosmic rod or the cosmic staff or whatever was, was powered. Um, but there is a small reference in the in the first issue. He's got a sister called Jane 
um, in the original series. And uh, she just happens to be kind of a, a little bit of a history buff. And she remembers these costumed adventurers from the 1940s. So she's actually the one who designs his costume. So there is a very, very light mention that there may have been a star man in the past. And that's what she based the star, the star oh, costume okay. on. Um, uh, and then in the issues that um, that we were talking about before, where David first turns up in the Will Payton stuff, they're basically more or less like a, a contest between the two, because David is not overly happy with the fact that um, someone else has come along while he's been travelling the world, um, and. Uh, he, um, he comes back to America and finds out that there's this other person who's taken the name Starman. Um, and they kind of have a con contest, and by the end of it, you know, it's kind of like the mutual respect thing. It turned out that an old Starman villain had actually been manipulating David. The interesting thing about this issue is that it kind of... Um, it's something that was retconned by Robinson, is in this issue, I think it was the second issue, issue 27... David actually states that Ted Knight is dead, and that he'd received a telegram from him and that Ted had actually died in the DC continuity, something that Robinson basically ignored. And I think that they retcon it in, in the Starman series by the, uh, the mist actually manipulated David into thinking or something, something along those lines. Just a throwaway line somewhere in the, in the series that I remember. But yeah, he receives a telegram. And uh, he, um, the the telegram basically states that Ted's dead, um, but that's in that's in record. So that's really Will Payton's only real kind of direct lineage is that he had contact with David. Um, they kind of battled over the name Starman, and in the end, Will Payton basically wins it because David is really lame. He's <laughs> like <laughs> not a good superhero at all. Like, like we said, bullet through the chest while out on patrol. Come on. You've got a cosmic rod. You don't... If I had a cosmic rod, I would have a permanent force field around myself. Yeah. Like, yeah. At all times. I mean, it's it's cosmic rod 101. You know, we all know <laughs> that. You guys have been doing this show long enough to know that, you know, it's cosmic rod 101. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, so that's really um, his only direct kind of kind of contact with it and then um and then we go a long time without a starman i don't i don't think that there was really a major starman from will payton until we got uh jack knight so I'm, i might be wrong on it maybe there was like a, a small thing here or there um but uh we end up losing uh will payton actually dies at the end of his his run so his his series was finished mm. uh i think it went for 30 something issues and um and then that led into you know when dc used to do the big crossovers well, yeah. you may or may not remember, um like uh but they they went through the annuals so we had like armageddon 2001 we had eclipso the darkness within and that will payton centered very heavily in eclipso darkness within and at the end of it, he actually killed himself, sacrificing himself so the other heroes could escape. And that's how Will Payton was originally taken out. 
And I say originally. God. <laughs> All right. Remember that word. Originally. <laughs> but he was a cool character. Will Payton was a, was a cool character. And I think he was a worthy addition to the whole Starman uh, Starman lineage. And um, like I said, he does end up featuring heavily in in um, in the James Robinson towards the back end. Um and uh, is there a Starman in between? Is there a Starman in between Will Payton and and Jack Knight? Just David. Or was I that think. it? I think it's just, just David. David. Yeah, yeah, just David. He has not much of a uh, a run of it, but hmm. but yeah. So then, um, and then that was the the thing I was alluding to earlier on. The the Will Payton isn't actually dead. It turns out that he's actually been experimented on by aliens for the past 10, 15 years. And at the end of the very first issue of Starman, which I think was issue zero, was yeah, zero yeah. hour issue, um, you you see Will Payton pinned to the wall in a in a lab somewhere. You don't know where, you don't know who, you don't know what's going on. And as a as I said, like a Will Payton fan. I just went, oh, this is great. I'm in for a run. And then I think I had to wait five five <laughs> to six years to find out what what actually happened. But, so, but so, it, so Robinson starts putting the seeds in with issue zero. Issue zero, the seeds of the whole Starman lineage, they're all right there. So, um, And then, yeah, like we said, David, David gets taken out. At some point, Ted had passed the Cosmic Rod and the costume onto him not something that we really really saw because like we said david dies on issue three and then jack basically reluctantly picks it up it's um he basically he basically doesn't go out to become a superhero he goes out to avenge his the, the guy who killed his brother so it's sorry to avenge his brother and ends up um killing the guy who actually killed him like completely fries him with the cosmic rod well, yeah, fantastic. Again, fantastic page. The cosmic rod just and being used <laughs> to fry another human being. So, and you thought and it was that's our hero. <laughs> but there's uh, even more to that story. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then we move on to kind of like the um, honorary star man that you were talking about earlier on, which was Danny. He's, yeah. Although he's not directly related, he's basically kind of bought in, um, and yeah, then God, and then there's Michael. Michael basically turned up for one issue and was then kidnapped. Yeah. For the past thirty years and kept as a circus freak. Yeah. Um, and Prince Gavin turns up, like in issue, like fifty-five or something like that. Like it's just. It's all peppered the whole way throughout. It's it's yeah. It's not easy. Not easy. It must be you guys must be. I hope you're both taking notes. <laughs> all right. Someone yeah. recorded this. We told you <laughs> yeah. to test, right? Later. <laughs> I hope it's multiple choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I think there'll be a lot of choices. The short. <laughs> <laughs> oh, alphabet. The short yeah. answers are killers. Let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I should I should try and remember when we've got one of these characters where there's 
600 different versions i shouldn't ask simple questions like how <laughs> yeah, who's the worst one yeah yeah with starman it's kind of like who you know like then it's kind of like well we've got to go into each one of them <laughs> and their families yeah. and their ancestors and the descendants um but oh. like um uh like matthew was saying earlier one of the the things about starman is like we're talking about the legacy that that's passed down but then you've also got other characters in the book that are passing down their own legacies like matthew pointed um and i think we you can't talk about robinson's starman without talking about the odair family mm. and this is a family that has its own legacy within the starman comic book um and they're like a basically like an irish descendant police family they're kind of like if you imagine kind of like a family of irish boston cops mm. in opal city that's kind of like who these who these guys are and they're brilliant yeah. they are just they're brilliant so we've got legacies within legacies and then one of them is actually the reincarnation of a previous dc hero so there's that legacy as well um and he reincarnates as someone else later on yeah. <laughs> that we've already talked about. Yeah. <laughs> hint, hint. So it's uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's very. It's it's when you're discussing Starman. There's so many plots in it that you know you could you could sit there. You know you could sit there for a day and discuss it. And there'd probably be three or four or five different threads that you hadn't even mentioned. Like we've got the Odair family. We've got a fantastic character called the Shade. We've got um, uh, and Charity. Like oh yeah. And then so I mentioned Will Payton's sister before. Will Payton had a sister. Well, she turns up, um, but you don't know it's her to begin with because she's using a different name. And then later on down the track, you find out that she deliberately sought out Jack. Her and her and Jack become um, involved, and they get into a relationship. And uh, he—that is the reason why Jack then ends up heading off into the stars in search of Will Payton. Um, so even family members from the Will Payton series are bought into it. So it's like there's—you know—you leave no star, star man behind as far as James <laughs> Robinson. So, yeah, so you've got, you're not just dealing with the Knight family, you're dealing with the Peyton family, the Odair family. Um, the Shade has a, is basically an immortal, um, and it goes all the way back. They touch on, on things like uh, Dorian Gray in some of, um, in some of uh, things. Oh, and Matthew, the other thing, again, things we just keep picking up, there's the whole times past. Oh, that's one of the best stories. <laughs> like... There's another thing that they do, like, sporadically as well, along with talking with David, which is called Times Past. It's just, yeah, you can you he'll, can go for that one if you want, Matthew. He'll take well. an issue. He'll take an issue, and instead of – he'll end a story arc, and the next issue will suddenly go to a different era in the past, and you might get a story of the O'Dare character who was – uh, somebody in the old west uh you might get a story from the golden age you might get a story of the shade in uh victorian era uh with uh oscar wilde 
it, it, it's all kinds of different bits and pieces that that funnel into the larger the larger narrative. If you, I don't want to say if you can follow it, but as you follow it, it fills into pieces. And then, like Steve said earlier, sometimes something that happened in an early issue finally pays off later on, but you realize it's been addressed a little bit at a time subtly through some of these times past and some of these talking with David stories that you, uh, you get the payoff later on. And it's just brilliant how it comes together. And it's like, it doesn't always work that way. It's hard to have that kind of scope with your writing, I think, and be able to see that much ahead, but he certainly did it. And, uh, to me, uh, the the recent uh, from a couple years ago, the Hawkman series by Robert Venditti, Venditti was doing a similar thing with times past. Uh, he even brought the shade into the series for a while. I felt like he was purposely uh, homaging that Starman series by doing that, but he also was just as effective with his usage of those of those elements in his own series. So that's an impact that I think that this, this Starman series has had on other characters that in storylines, but it's, 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 we said it's brilliant a lot of times, but it really, it's hard to get away from that word with this series. And, yeah. you know, you, you yeah. could read the original golden age stories and be like, Oh, well, they're just kind of like, okay, little golden age stories, you know, nothing, Nothing big, you know. To me, the Golden Age stories are more important for their artists than the actual stories they told. But, uh, you know, but once you get to this Starman thing, it's to me, it's on the equivalent of Walter Swamp thing, you know, Watchmen, that kind of stuff. It's that it's that important and it's that yeah. good. And it's, it has that kind of scope where it really takes you somewhere else. Gosh, even even Swamp Thing shows up. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I mean mentioning mentioning Watchmen there as well is kind of if you if you if you think of um, like Time Path and talking with David, you you know if you think of the pirate story from Watchmen, this is this is kind of like that how it kind of it comes into the story and builds on the narrative a little bit, and you don't kind of get that it's building on it until you get to the end. But the difference is is, is the talking with David and the Time Path stories are good. <laughs> pirate story and watch ouch wasn't but it's, it's that kind of thing you, you don't know until you reach a certain point that oh hang on a sec uh robinson's basically been educating me he's without me even knowing it this one issue or one shot here or one shot there that i thought was inconsequential suddenly now i know what i need to know moving into this this larger story and that's what um that's what robinson does so well he takes you and he educates you along the way without even being known so by the time you get to the bits you need to know this information it's just it's just in there naturally you know that's uh that's really his strong point with the series first there was the dc comics news podcast then came the spinner rack and now the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, 
episode by episode, just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not fuck bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. All work and no play makes for a dull way to live, don't you agree? Join me, Adam Ray, and a very special guest each week on The Hostile Takeover, where they and I discuss their favourite game, PC, console, board game or tabletop, whatever they decide, what we will talk about. Let gaming be the way forward. Working's too much. It's time for a Hostile Takeover, coming soon to a podcast feed near you. In a world of stereotypes, being called a geek comes with a certain image. There is still that ingrained thing within me that is a little bit embarrassed about it. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream, and behind every geek is a real story. My dad was the one who got me into Star Wars and things. Join me, your super dummy Paul, as I continue my learning experience and talk to the real people. I'm a secondary school teacher, so I teach 11 to 16 year olds in English. Hear their stories exclusively on Fantastic Universes. He's one of them like, you've ever gonna grow up? And I'm like, no, why should I? I, I like my life, I, I enjoy what I do, this is my hobby. Available on all your favorite podcast catchers. Hi, my name's Steve, and I'm here to tell you all about the DC Comics News Podcast. Every week, my friends and I sit down and discuss everything DC. Movies, TV and streaming, comic books, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Whatever the case, you can find the DC Comics News Podcast on every podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere else you find podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) 
Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. At this point, I would like to uh, invite everyone who's listening to send in pictures of their cork boards with strings and pieces of paper and photos. And uh, So if you could send those in, it'd be great. It all connects, baby. It's all <laughs> it's all part of one larger picture. Dan, save yeah. us. Okay, I will save us. Um, our next question is from Mr. Max Byrne. And Max Byrne asks, which of the Starmen has made the biggest impact on the comic landscape? I'm going to let Dan and Paul answer that one because I think after the previous hour and 40 minutes they figure that one out really (laughs) (laughs) have we (laughs) and there's only one correct answer boys (laughs) pretty much (laughs) i'll let you go first (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, definitely. The, the, the first one. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one. The one, the one that you guys was was just talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one guy. That one guy. Yeah. On, I mean, you know, Dan was kind of like dreading it. He was going to sort of look on his face like, oh god. And Paul's face was just pure fear. <laughs> She's like, what? I see this. I haven't had time to do my corkboard yet, so <laughs> I was I was nudging you in the direction of the James Robinson run. So the problem is it encompasses every Starman. You know, the whole thing starts with Ted Knight, and yeah. without Ted Knight's original creation in the 40s, you don't get everything else. But I think the the best answer to to Max's question is uh you know, James Robinson's run is the most important, uh, the biggest impact on the comic landscape, his run. I don't think it could be any single character because the, the book that the best of the Starman stories encompasses so many star men, char- man characters, whether they be male, female, they're called Starman or not. Um, it's, it's, it's that run and it, but it, it, it you can't have that run without Ted Knight. You can't have it without Jack. You can't have it without the Shade, who's not even a Starman. You can't have it without the Legion of Superheroes Starman, Starboy from the future. You can't have it without Michael Thomas. You can't have it without Will Payton. You can't have it. You can't even have it without uh, the Miss Daughter Nash, which we haven't even discussed at all. But she plays a huge role in the series. But you take her out and her role in it. And it completely changes a lot. So there's just no way you can discuss, I think, the character and the best stuff, the stories of that character 
if you don't include that entire run. And that's that may be uh, hedging my answer, but that's just the way it's been presented over the years. Um, if you want to call that the Jack Knight Starman because it's his book, then we can call it that. But you're certainly not going to say it's the Michael Thomas one-off first issue special number 12. That's certainly not it. You know, he was forgotten yeah. by the time Robinson jumped on board in the 90s. So it's it's got to be the the Robinson run. Yes, it's also that's it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's exactly what I was going to say too. That's uh, that's what and Paul was going to say that. that. Yeah, definitely. We just, we just never just gave him find the chance. words. We didn't give him just, a chance. We were You're just right. we sorry. were just leaping all over him, and we didn't even yeah. give, him, give him a chance to get a word out. You know, <laughs> but even even like the 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 um the thing with the the Jack Knight Starman series, like Matthew was saying, it even did things like it renewed an interest in the Justice Society. Because they'd been presented in a way they hadn't been been presented before. So, as Starman was finishing, obviously DC saw there was a need for this kind of this kind of book. So the JSA title actually started up. The original Jeff, Jeff Johns run started as Starman was finishing. Starman was actually a part of the first arc, but he bowed out. And at the point that he bowed out in the JSA, his book had just or was about to to wind up. That's as true. Well. So there was like this this through line. So you were still getting your golden age fix with legacy characters and and, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, characters like Stargirl. We wouldn't have the Stargirl TV show today. The the cosmics the staff that she uses in that is Jack Knight's staff. Like that's I, I, when they announced Stargirl, I was so pleased that they were doing it, but I was also gutted because I was like. Why aren't we getting? Why aren't we getting? Why isn't someone doing like a Netflix or HBO Starman show? Mm. It's all there. It's all laid out. The storyboards, the scripts, everything are there. You could do a four season Starman show, and it's all written for you already. But instead, we get another CW show. <laughs> yeah, that's, so I was, I was a bit, I was a bit gutted, you know. Um, and we'd already seen her on Smallville, you know. That was like the uh, that was the definitive version of the character was the Smallville one. You'd agree with me on that, wouldn't you, Dan? Yeah. The definitive Stargirl was, was the Smallville. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be printed on the back of my T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the definitive fill-in-the-blank was on Smallville. <laughs> yeah. So, so even, even today, like, we're still feeling the effect of what, what Robinson did. Um, and like Matthew was saying, you, you're getting people like, you know, the Hawkman series, who was still trying to ape that kind of... And no one's nailed it the, the way that Robinson did. No one's been able to, I don't think anyway, been able to write a legacy title the way Robinson wrote that book. Um, and I think it would... I don't know if anyone would be able to do anything close to it again. We keep talking this up, but at the same time, we're kind of 50-50 talking it up and 50-50 kind of scaring you guys off from it. <laughs> with the way we're, we're describing this book, but it, it it's a must read, one hundred percent. If you if you're looking at anything DC related, one of your first stops would have to be Starman, for sure. No doubt. So, um, but yeah, I think we agree on that one. It's got to be the Jack Knight run, um, just because it's just it's definitive. It's it can't. I, you can't understate that word with this. It's a definitive run of not just a character, but that character's legacy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cool. 
you know sometimes with these episodes it's not until i listen back to it that i actually absorb everything and i think this might be one of them yeah because the brain the the brain gets full man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm i'm definitely the same um so i am listening but there's just so much information that it's going in one ear and then it's straight back out and then it's going round, back round, back in again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's just like, ah! So, yeah, because I, I mean, the, the, the thing is, we got, um, we got 80 issues spread out once a month telling us this story. Mm. We're trying to compress this down to you guys in a two, like a, uh, where are we at the moment? Into a six hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like we ha- we haven't like Matthew was saying, we haven't even touched on the Miss daughter yet, and she the she's she the major part of 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 everything. We've spoken about the shade, but not really kind of discussed who he is. There's a whole supporting cast of a freak show from a circus that Jack oh, yeah. comes into contact with. And you know what? I did say before that there were no no people of small stature. Uh, I now remember that I'm lying <laughs> about that. There is in the circus show, there there oh, is one. Not, so it seems to be a running theme with my my episodes now. Not um, only him though, uh, Culp also, the shades uh, opposite number. Culp is yeah. a person of a small stature. So yeah, uh, and he's evil. Okay. Yeah, oh, he's very very evil. Um, there's a, uh, a there's a fortune teller who Jack. Uh, visits and we kind of get hints at the future that we're we're going to see with him. Um, there's uh, there's just a whole city of characters. You, even because because Jack, we should mention Jack owns his his uh, his vocation is he owns a collectible shop. So he actually he is a small business owner. He owns a collectible shop. Um, it's called is it called Nights Past? Yes. Nice pass, it's called. So with a with a K, so with his name, and he's constantly searching for you know bric-a-brac from the nineteen forties or collectibles or rare albums or 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 those kind of things. Um, so the you even get to meet like Jack's people that he trades with, the people that he swaps with, the people who come into his shop and, and buy things, um, and all that kind of thing. And the shop itself becomes a a, a big part of the the uh the whole thing as well it's so um, i'm thinking i'm thinking of the shirt and the poster all of a sudden oh yeah <laughs> yeah and there's and there's um there's always new people but it's never overwhelming you know who every single character in this in this town is you know and uh like i said you have people pop up they pop up in the background later on down the track like when we find out who will Payton's sister is She's been floating in the background for a while. She slowly, organically comes into the into the book, and by the time you find out who she is, it's kind of like, you know, it's just it's mind blowing. But it's just a small character. He, I think he literally in one panel just walks into her. They just accidentally kind of walk into each other, and then you don't see her again for for a little while, and then she pops up again, and it's just it's so well written. It's just you keep saying that. And what I think we should do is I think we should take a break and Dan and Paul should go away and read it. Then we should come back. <laughs> and then we should hear your thoughts on it. While you guys are gone, me and Matthew will just talk about it. 
but I, I would challenge you. I would challenge you to read issue zero and not pick up the next issue. I would, mm. I would put that challenge to anyone. Like it's, it's. There's enough meat in that first issue of the the Robinson Run that it gets you reading the next one and the next one. And before you know it, you're in connected, interconnected with all the characters. He crosses over with uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel. At one point, mm-hmm. we get a four issue crossover between him and Captain Marvel, um, which links back to uh, an obscure hero from the um, from the like World War Two days, who was basically being set up to be like a Nazi sympathizer. Or a, or a double agent or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, so you even get that kind of thing. You get the mainstream kind of characters coming in, coming and going. And uh, Superman turns up at the end of it as well. Um, uh, he's there were a couple of separate um, Starman, Hellboy, Batman crossover, um, which was which was fantastic, which was awesome. So he's kind of got Opal City, the own little niche city in the dc universe but there's, he there's plenty of interaction with all of the other heroes and 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 all of that kind of stuff as well it's, we do have a question on that actually in a minute um yeah we have a question on that in a minute um but i just wanted to ask because you mentioned will there a couple of times and we do have a question on that so get jump in that one it's from our good friend tony farina of this very network um and he says, should Will just have been called something else? Why keep the name if it isn't in his lineage? Is that just too confusing? I like that Tony thinks that's what's too confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think something else is a really weird name for a superhero character. I don't know about you, but that would be very <laughs> bizarre to call him something else. <laughs> hey, here's something else over there. What? <laughs> um, so, yeah, what do you reckon? Should he have been so with Will, with Will Payton? You mean? Yeah. Um, I I think I I think it I think it fit. I think it was it was good. Obviously, at the time when when that was made, there was no inkling that something like the other Starman run would even even exist. And to be honest, when you own a name like Starman, you really want to use it. Like, I mean, yeah. really, it's such a hero name. You know, it's, it's, what were we? So, 1941, so we were three years out of Superman, and it took three years for someone to go, oh, Starman. You would have thought that would have been one of the first ones taken. You know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think it, was, it just came down to the crisis that just happened at DC. Um, there, was, there was no more Justice Society. There was no mm. more of that. And... They were able to take this character, give it a familiar name, but make it completely different um, from anything that we knew. But did do slight nods to it, like his power came from the stars, and as I said, his sister brought up the Justice Society and that kind of thing. Um, at the time, it wasn't confusing at all because uh, oh, the other thing, which which yeah, uh, the reason that that there was no Justice Society at this point is they were <laughs> uh, they were in Ragnarok. <laughs> You guys knew that, didn't you? So, so Ted and I, at this point, this Starman was in Ragnarok, not like a not like a simulation, like actual, literal Ragnarok, fighting. And if they stopped fighting, then the world would would come to an end. You guys knew about that, didn't you? That the original Starman spent time in Ragnarok with the rest of the Justice Society. 
he doesn't know uh, that. Yeah, so we could, uh, you know, Dragnarok 101. Yeah. <laughs> of course. You know, you guys have been doing this podcast. I don't need to tell you Ragnarok 101. You, no, you guys, you guys, you wrote the book on Ragnarok 101. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just a, a little throwaway thing. Yeah, which we didn't mention. So that's why there was no Starman at that point. So there was no confusion at the time. If you were to put it in its time, there was no confusion because there was no one there. There was no danger of running into anyone else being there. Um, and it was a cool name and. I want to say a cool costume, but you've seen the purple and yellow by this stage, I assume. <laughs> Will Peyton Starman wore. You held up Did the you? number one issue earlier, so yeah. they've seen it. They're just not recalling it. I, I, I tell you, it's uh, it's I mean, gaudy. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. right. Ah, uh, yes. Beautiful. Classy does. <laughs> you know. I like to imagine in real life that it kind of shimmers as well, like it's like gonna, yeah, you know, kind of like that. You it's know those dazzling. oily marbles <laughs> you used to be able to get when you when we were kids and you play marbles, and we had the ones called oilies. <laughs> I imagine it looks like an oil slick, but that's you know that's just me dreaming, you know, like uh, but yeah. So they they started with that and then they moved to the black and black, red and white costume. That is right behind, there you go, which Matt's pointing to at the moment, which it was after that that the series kind of started to go downhill. Um, and it, after they changed the costume, I mean, it was probably on its way out. I think at one stage I was the only person reading it. Um, and uh, it it just went. The, the, the original creative team left it. They kind of never really knew what to do with it after that. Roger Stern was the original writer of it um and he's always a class act whenever whenever he's writing anything um and uh yeah it's it was unfortunate you know but that's kind of the way that that series went down and i got onto that somehow i don't i don't remember how <laughs> i, I think remember. someone said someone said Starman, and yeah. Got there <laughs> yeah that's right oh we were talking about whether we, it was confusing that we'll Yes. Will Payton was well, obviously yes, because I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> where I went. So yeah, the obvious answer is yes. Very Apparently confusing. So. Very confusing for everyone, but we've managed to bring it back around. Yes. So yeah, in the context of the time, no. Cool. Thank, you. thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Uh, Tony has actually got another question. Um, so, did you like the family lineage concept? Uh, of heroism and do you think it should be used more in comics to keep the characters aging in real time no i don't like it i absolutely love it i love every single aspect of it i wish every comic had that sort of scope and sense to it and i don't know that it has to be in real time i know that eric larson's savage dragon exists in real time uh but I just like the fact that you can keep some semblance of, of of real growth and progression as people do in their lives, as opposed to constantly being 35, 30, 29, whatever, uh, and not being able to really grow. That's kind of well, that's that's exactly what made Earth 2 so great when the original concept was brought around was that 
you know, these characters are get old, got older. They had kids. They got married. Some of them died. They had real life events, and it it just it felt very different from just the same villain of the week in your Earth One books, where it was just you know the same stuff happening. And how many times in continuity have we seen a character die and come back? It's because of that, or they got married. Oh, now we're going to retcon their marriage away because they they move forward through life to a certain degree. And then somebody says, we need to take him back to make him younger. And nobody's relating to this married guy with a kid anymore. And yet, but that's the kind of thing that makes the Earth 2 and the Golden Age characters so great was that they went through all those things. And so maybe the original Ted Knight is, is no longer Starman, but you've got this great uh, lineage of, of characters that have been Starman and have yet to be Starman. Uh, it doesn't have to be – if he was Starman, it doesn't even have to be family itself. It's like a superhero family because Sylvester Pemberton and Courtney Whitmore and Michael Thomas and Will Payton, they all end up getting brought into the broader scope of the family. It's – I mean imagine like uh, if, if the Batman characters were allowed to age and grow up and get older. You've got you know, Batman essentially with four sons that could all have – families and relationships that that feel real as instead of the you know their perpetual sidekick that's you know on the outs with batman because he's a jerk or whatever you know it just it it adds so much more to the storytelling it's it's one of the things i i love best and that's why starman is so so good because it does that uh marvelously but you know in the 80s, the the Infinity Inc., uh, the Roy Thomas stuff with the Earth U characters was doing the same thing and with many more different characters. I mean it's the basis for what Robinson is able to do because uh, you've got those JSA characters that have had kids that have their own identities, and they had their own reasons for being come, becoming uh, you know, a superhero hero character and very few of them took on the same name as their their parent they might have had a, a lineage there but it's not you know green lantern to green lantern it's green lantern to jade and obsidian it's hawkman to silver scarab it's hawkman to uh Northwind. it's you know anyways it's that kind of thing so i absolutely love it i, I wish more comics did that and maintain that and didn't uh eschew uh the continuity in favor of keeping them perpetually young i mean give us a yeah. perpetually young universe on an earth but give us the other ones too where we can get those kinds of stories yeah i mean a good example of a, a book that that's trying to do it at the moment is the superman books they're trying to build a like a, a family dynamic you've got because you've got like uh superman and jonathan ken at the moment and they're they're doing the fathers and sons kind of thing with it Hmm. It's not even close to what you had with with Ted Knight and Jack Knight. It's not even like no one has done family better than than Starman. There's not a single book out there that I would I would have read. Maybe there is, but I haven't read it that does family and like like Matthew was saying and maintained it for so long over a, the course of eighty issues. Um, it's just it's. The core of the book it's what it's about without the family aspect of it you don't have a book 
I like the idea of the family because it's something we've talked about before. I think we mentioned it in uh, was it the Sandman episode about this way of having an excuse to keep the character around without it being really weird that they're the same age, <laughs> mm. but events around them are suddenly changing. I like the yeah. idea of almost having it both ways, having your cake and well, eating it. They even brought in characters like um, Matt mentioned early on. He touched on uh, Wesley Dodds, who is the original Sandman from the um, from mm. the Justice Society with the gas gun and the gas mask and stuff like that. And he's aged as well, the same way that the same way that Ted has. Um, you know, so there, there he does have uh, the same way that Jack ends up kind of having his own kind of uh, people surrounding him. Ted does as well. Ted also. Um, Ted is revered in Opal City because everyone in, in Opal City knows that Ted is the original Starman and he was the defender of their city and all this kind of thing. The police force absolutely adore him and this is why when Jack becomes Starman, he gets so much leeway with Opal City is because, well, he's Ted Knight's son. Obviously, he's going to be he's going to be a Starman um, and so it's the, the family thing and the growing old thing all fits together in this in this book because it's it's kind of it is kind of like if you think about you know your parents have family friends who you know you're aware of and you know one of them one day may turn around and know that you you know you're a mechanic and they may know someone who's got a mechanic shop so they'll speak to them and get you a job somewhere and and all that it's got that kind of feel to it it's not just the family it's the extended family it's the family friends but it it all there's there's nothing wasted in it. Everything, everything matters. You know how they kind of said that with the Marvel Universe as, as we were heading into like Infinity War and Endgame. They were saying everything matters. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, Starman is the original. Everything matters. There's not a wasted character. There's not a wasted issue. There's not a wasted concept. The only one which went by the wayside is um, uh, Jack would go and see a fortune teller who would vaguely kind of insinuate what was going to happen in his future. And at one point she mentions that he's going to uh, have an encounter with a winged man. Uh, but at some point from when Robinson wrote that to when it was supposed to happen, uh, Hawkman completely went to shit. Like his <laughs> continuity was completely destroyed. DC up top, the editors and all that basically said, we do not want anyone touching this character he is an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> we are just not doing anything whatsoever. As far as we're concerned, he doesn't exist. And then he goes and visits a fortune teller at one point, and she simply just turns around to him and goes, you know what, that path has changed. He's taken a different path now, and that probably won't, probably won't happen. So although it's, he couldn't do it, Robinson still acknowledged it. And kind of just pushed that away and said it was but there's many paths in life and this is one that you're not going to end up walking down um which was a nice classy kind of way to do it rather than than ignore it um so we never got the hawkman story um and robinson always said that he had a story that he had written that wasn't released which was which was where jack was in southeast asia um and it's but nothing ever came of it nothing ever came of that so there is a there is a Starman story that Robinson has said that he's he'd written, but it, it sounds like from how Matthew was saying, he feels he was 
he'd wrapped it all up. Um, that's probably the reason why we've never, why we've never seen it. So it's, uh, but yeah, family, aging, the whole thing, it's, it's the crux of the book. Yeah. I'm curious, you said that there was a point where they basically said, hey, your dad was a cool guy, so you're a cool guy too. Yeah. Was there ever sort of the opposite of that, where they expected more of one of the starmen and they were just like, oh, I'm so sick of this. Well, obviously, <laughs> well, everyone expected live up more it. from David. Like, <laughs> he, certainly didn't, he certainly didn't live up to expectation. Did he? Page three. Page three he got to. You know, yeah, okay. we've seen Fair page right. three launch many careers. This page three killed one. Hello. <laughs> so, um, Fair enough. Yeah, but I... Um, yeah, there, was, there wasn't because Jack never presented himself as a hero. Jack never actually turned around to people and said, I am Starman. It was kind of almost like this um, this thing where he would kind of get roped into stuff, but not in like a Looney Tunes comedic kind of way. It would just be like uh, he's, he was uh, kind of seen as the next step from Ted. He was reluctant about it, never completely kind of turned around and, and disavowed it at any stage. But, you know, he didn't go out in the early issues, definitely, apart from when he, he took out the guy who killed his brother. He didn't go out looking for for these things. Like, they're the whole... There's a fantastic story arc, which we kind of touched on before, where he he winds up in a in a circus. Um, and it's a, it's a fantastic tale. Um, but he doesn't go looking for trouble. He's there because he's looking for collectibles. He's looking for stuff for his shop. Um, and just because he happens to be there and he stumbled into into something, and he he basically gets his ass handed to him. We've got to point this out a lot. <laughs> he gets uh, he gets his and and not just him. There's uh, there's because um, I'll ask you this question, Matthew, as well, um, because I'm just about to touch on it. Um, my favourite individual issue of Starman. Now I'm not sure if you've got one as well. Is uh, is issue thirty eight? Now, if you want to talk about people getting their asses handed to them, Jack doesn't appear in this episode at all. This is an an issue that centres on the the original Starman had an arch nemesis called the Mist, um, and so I can imagine you probably know what his powers were. You know, he could turn to mist. <laughs> deadliest of all the elements. <laughs> That's it. Is she done? Um, <laughs> and uh, he um, he has a daughter and a and a son. Now it's the son who kills David. Um, uh, the the mist also has a daughter who starts off as very mouthy, very shy, um, has something of a stutter. But she ends up becoming Jack's greatest villain and also, we haven't even touched on this in any way, shape or form, Matt, the mother of his child. So his arch enemy has his child. Um, during an encounter, she drugged him, had a way with him for the evening, basically said to him, uh, I'm going to have your kid. You're never going to see it. Uh, I'm going to raise him and I'm going to raise him so that he hates you and one day he will come after you. 
and that will be my my legacy. Um, she was pretty twisted, and it was fantastic. And she turned up, but they devoted an entire issue to her, where she single handedly took down the Justice League Europe, killing many of the characters, absolutely handing Firestorm his own ass on a plate. <laughs> um, she, she just. I think Blue Devil is one of the characters she. She actually takes out. So there's Blue Devil. There's um, I think Crimson Fox. There's all of these, and she single-handedly takes down the Justice League Europe. And it's got to be my favourite individual single episode uh, uh, issue of uh, of Starman. It's just uh, so if we're going to talk about the, the 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 legacy of Starman, there's also the fact that Jack Knight has his own child. Um, which is basically being raised to despise him and 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 all of the Knight family. So, um, yeah. So and Jack kills her brother. So because he killed David, Jack actually kills. Uh, I think Nash. I think is his name or something like Nash that. Nash is it? the girl. It's Kyle is the boy. Kyle is the boy. There we go. And Nash is the girl. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and she basically becomes the new mist. Yeah. And uh, it's it's honestly, it's, again, it's another thread that's inter, intertwined. She's not in every issue. It's not kind of like, you know, these things like Lex Luthor, like he's always, you know, turning up and always got a scheme. But when she turns up, it's just like, ah, oh, the shit just hits the fan <laughs> every single time. And, uh, yeah, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, so Jack has a son being raised by his arch enemy. So we forgot to mention that as well. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I have a favorite issue. There are so many favorite issues, but one of the issues that sticks out to me is the one with Phantom Lady and the Prairie Witch. I don't think Jack or a Starman's even in the episode. And that, yeah. that's, that's kind of one of the weird things. It's a it's a time's past story where it's the 40s and it's uh, Sandra Nidus, Phantom Lady, and they're going after it. But it's just something about the uh, – the, it's just one of those – Things that you can have a, a issue that seems to be completely unrelated to everything else that's going on, but it fits yeah. so well in the grand and, scheme uh, of of the series. And it's one of my favorite. Uh, it's one of my favorite. I can't say it's my favorite, but you know the issues where 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 they go into outer space and meet Tom Callor from Legion of Superheroes because I'm a big Legion fan, and to see all that tied in, it it's just you know brilliant. That that's they work that in, and then all the 1951 stuff is so good. I mean, there are so many moments in those issues that are all, you know, lump in your throat kind of issues. And then even uh, when Nash finally gives the boy back to Jack, there's sort of some circumstances surrounding that. It's so shocking, but then all of a sudden it seems like at that moment she has a a change of heart even she doesn't have a lot of dialogue but it's almost like she was playing a game and then the game's up and it's like well here you know i know there's just so many yeah. brilliant subtle moments that uh, it's hard to pick one issue but for some reason that phantom lady prairie witch issue jumps to mind vote for the prairie the, witch the the, <laughs> the final issue we should probably we should probably like the final issue is is, is a book um, where once you've read the series, like I've picked up the last issue and I've probably read the last issue more than I've read the series itself 
because you can just pick up the last issue and it's this lovely almost almost standalone story where everything's happened the, the you know everything and at the end of this run everything just goes ballistic like there is like collateral damage there are characters who die there is it like matthew was saying before it's a it's a definitive ending to it but then issue 80 is basically this lovely little it's a love letter to opal city where jack is basically leaving opal city he's no longer Starman, and as as matthew was saying earlier on because he's given he's got his son as soon as he gets his son he basically more or less says that's it i'm done i can't do this if i've got a kid um and the last issue is basically him going around and you're saying goodbye to all of the characters who we've known for the past 79 issues before that um and he doesn't just say goodbye to, to um to the characters he leaves opal city because um will payton's sister uh, sadie is in another city and he decides that he loves her and he's going to go and he's going to live with her um the brilliant thing is is since that issue jack knight has never made another appearance in new 52 in rebirth he hasn't been a background character in any way shape or form i don't even know if he still exists in current dc uh, continuity anymore i don't even know if the james robinson run if you were to look at the, the main timeline of of uh of dc if he's even a character that that exists because you've never seen him since it just when we were saying that it's it's a it's like a bubble this book is a bubble um and i don't know if it exists outside of that bubble anymore and that's one of the great things about it um you know we've gone back and we've 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 added to watchmen you know we've added to dark knight these have all gotten sequels even like my, one of my favorite stories of all time uh craven's last hunt from um from spider-man um you know there's been sequels to that we've gotten sequels to year one no one's ever touched starman at all if, in if any i remember correctly they're not allowed to i think that, Is that robin right? had, i think robinson had that uh as um, part yeah. of the deal was they they couldn't do it yeah. because it was but it was his baby kind of like gaming and sandman or whatever mm. yeah 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 but well i mean but you know, maybe that's why we get so much of, of Stargirl and, and Stripesy and all that kind of thing nowadays. But yeah. yeah, it's just, but he's never come back to it. We've never gotten anything else. And it doesn't matter. It's honestly, it just, it doesn't matter that we've never gotten anything else. I think that, if, from that series. if, if Courtney has the cosmic staff though, she had to get it from Jack. Yeah, well, in the in the that's one of the things that happens in the last issue is he goes to Courtney and gives her the staff. Yeah, as well. So Stargirl previously didn't have the the cosmic staff, um, but Jack gives it to her, kind of like you know you're going to be the next, the next one. And I think we even get a shot of her in the future, yeah. of how she looks later, and she's got she's got Jack's uh, leather jacket, jacket and goggles, and yep. goggles, yeah. and she's got the staff, and she's yeah. actually fully emulated how uh, how jack looks and I, I i would love to see that happen in you know if the star girl series goes i would love to see them maybe kind of phase into that just as a as a thing of the kind of where she came from because yeah. there's no mention of him whatsoever in the show as far as i know well there's uh, a question about 
the show eventually, the t- live action, and yeah. the the show does some weird things with the characters that, um, as it mentioned, Jack outright, but it does acknowledge the Knight legacy and the okay. Starman legacy in a different way. I have seen the first season. The second season is imminent. Do we want to try to answer that question about television live action performances of the character? Yeah. Do we want to go to that? Yeah, we might uh, as well do. Um, as you touched on, yeah, it's from Mike Burton again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have there been any animated or live action versions of Starman? And if so, do they do the comic justice? Um, I have that. Hold on. I have a note. The, the, a storm has moved in since we started, and that's why I had to move inside because there was thunder <laughs> and lightning, and I was sitting outside <laughs> with a computer. You know, I could have gotten lit up like a uh, getting stabbed with the cosmic staff. I wasn't careful. That's how you get superpowers, <laughs> though, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I would have been holding my laptop in the air. <laughs> going, I'm going back outside. I imagine if you were struck by lightning, you would, you would then, you would then possess the power of the internet. <laughs> oh, so I'd be like uh, sarcasm uh, and pornography, basically. <laughs> they would be your two. They would. That would be your superpower. <laughs> um, we have uh, Prince Gavin actually appears in some background appearances in Justice League Unlimited. Uh, there was a television series planned based on Jack Knight uh, back in 2003, uh, but it was uh, put on hold. That was when they were doing the uh, uh, the. The WB at the time had the Birds of Prey series, and Smallville, of course, was on. There was another series they'd planned about a young uh, Bruce Wayne, like the in-between years before he becomes Batman, but after he, you know, is grown. Um, it eventually just so, turned just in- so I can just so I can clarify, Dan, Smallville was a show about <laughs> Superman before he got his powers. Oh, really? Just yeah. So we can we can move on from that now as well, just uh, just so that just so that you're aware. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Starman appears. The original Starman appears in an episode of Batman: Brave and the Bold uh, as a member of the Justice Society, uh, and of course, Courtney, as we mentioned, appeared on that show. Dan has never heard of uh, uh, Smallville, but then there's this new series uh, that's one season in called star girl and on that tv show um we mentioned earlier that in the comics courtney gets her gets the the star the star spangled kids legacy because he she finds sylvester pemberton's old costume and cosmic converter belt and becomes a star spangled kid too well what they've done with the uh the tv show is it opens with the justice society being attacked by the injustice society and basically killing all of them uh one of them is starman but it's not any one named starman we've ever seen what it in actuality is is sylvester pemberton uh as skyman but called starman and he has the staff you may recall uh from infinity incorporated in the 90s that uh Sylvester Pemberton turned into Skyman uh, and was eventually killed. Uh, and that's why Courtney ended up with the uh, the cosmic converter belt and such. But so for the TV show, he's called Starman, but he's really Sylvester Pemberton. And he has the uh, legacy with Stripesy as the original Star Spangled Kid. Uh, and from 
when he was younger, and they actually got shot up a picture of the Seven Soldiers of Victory, um, which they were both members of, including Green Arrow and Speedy, the Shining Knight and Wing Victory, Crimson Avenger and Wing, and the uh, Old West Vigilante character, uh, Greg Saunders. So they're incorporating all that into this TV show, and they're bypassing the uh, the Starman legacy from David and Jack, but Pat Dugan in one episode does say that the staff was created by Ted Knight. So they're acknowledging the Knight family and I guess leaving the door open to where they can put uh, some of the other backstory in there and add and, and include, oh yes, there was an older Ted Knight who was Starman before Sylvester Pemberton, et cetera, et cetera. At least I'm hoping that's what they'll do. That's the kind of thing that Jeff Johns would do in the comics if he was writing the comics. And he is, of course, writing the, uh, the TV show. Um, and there was the Stargirl uh, winter, summer special, spring break special that came out a couple months ago. And it does some similar things with uh, Green Arrow and retroactively placing uh, Green Arrow in the past to be part of the Seven Soldiers of Victory again. And, the pa and post-crisis, he was always replaced by some other character. Uh, so long story short, that's the live-action version or animated version and live-action versions of, of Starman. Nothing direct and straightforward as a series, but he's had appearances and – he has a big presence in the Stargirl series, even if he's never named as he is in the comics. And uh, Jeff Bridges was nominated for an Academy Award for playing Starman. And there's yeah. that. <laughs> and then the dude from Flying High played that role in the TV show based on the movie. If you've oh, never yeah. seen that. I forgot there was a TV show. If you've never show. seen that, oh. I suggest that you, you go out and burn every copy you can find of it. <laughs> it's the reason why they shouldn't do things like that. It's right there, the Starman TV show. Fair enough. <laughs> um, talking about Stargirl, I think we had a question, didn't we, Dan, from Mike about stars? I think we did. Ah, yes. Are there uh, variations like Star Woman or Star Kid? Uh, yeah, you've, you've mentioned Star Girl. Just any yeah. others worth mentioning? Um, well, her sister, her younger sister, Patricia, is supposed to eventually be Star Woman in the future. Some at some point after Courtney is done with it, I guess. But we haven't seen that come to pass yet. But it's one of the things that. Robinson weaved into the uh, uh, the legacy and the and the, and the details in uh, the in his issues, and it actually you actually get to see a picture of her in I think it's JSA number twenty three. We get to see her and what she looks like uh, as Star Woman at some point in the future. Yeah. And we mentioned that, you know, the girlfriend was in the 40s with star, mm. a star woman for one day, uh, that kind of thing. Certainly, Courtney has the biggest presence as a star girl, woman slash character. Yeah. Blimey. Is that the first question with a short answer? I know, right? 
Well, that's because we already covered a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, I think we oh, I think we spent at least at least fifty six minutes talking about that at some point. Fair point. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. So the the final question from Mike was, um, what we alluded to earlier. Aside from the Starman titles, has he appeared elsewhere? And who else has he interacted with? I'm guessing this could be quite the list. Who has he interacted with? Well, which <laughs> which star man are we going to start with? Maybe we should stick to some no, notable ones. <laughs> <laughs> for me, the, the biggest the biggest interaction for me was um, uh, there was there was two. It's from the Will Payton series. Um, Will Payton had uh, a crossover with Batman at one point where they were up against a hero called, uh, uh, sorry, against a villain called Blockbuster. Um, he would uh, he would charge you overdue fees on your <laughs> on your VHS tape. Uh, uh, he was just he was just a, a great big behemoth who was basically um, just a roided up kind of run of the mill kind of standard uh, Hulk kind of ripoff. Um, but the interaction between Batman and uh, and Starman was was great. Um, and uh, a nice um, mentor relationship with Superman in the, the Starman comics. Uh, Superman came into Starman a couple of times. Starman went into Superman a couple of times. At one point, um, Starman actually uh, impersonated Superman when he lost his powers from Red Kryptonite, um, and uh, and so there was a really really nice uh, really nice crossover there to the point where when Jack goes to search for the Will Payton Starman, he actually goes to the Justice League to ask them if he can borrow a spaceship. Um, saying that out out loud <laughs> kind of sounds <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to go see. I'm going to see the Justice League and act if I can borrow a spaceship, to search for my sister's believed to be dead brother. Um, they were kind of like, um, he's was. dead. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so when he went to the Justice League and asked them, they were very dismissive of it. It was the only beat I thought Robinson didn't didn't hit properly. Um, like they kind of would say, yeah, we remember Will Payton. He was one of ours, but honestly, we can't spare it. We can't do it. We can't. We can't let you go. And it's it was the only beat where I thought that um, uh, Robinson dropped the ball because the mentor relationship that Superman had with him, um, the fact that he sacrificed his life for all of them at the end of uh, the end of Eclipso, the Darkness Within. Um, I thought that they probably would have been more likely to to help Jack out with finding this guy, even if there was only a slim hope that he was around. Because let's be honest, it's the Justice League. They, how many spaceships have they got sitting around the place? Yeah, you know, know. you know, they've, they've got a Thanagarian warship sitting out the back that just needs a new battery. You know, you, you get a, a Green Lantern in and jump start it, give it a boost, and, and he's off. <laughs> you know? Um, so that was... That was uh, that was the only time I, th I think that they actually skipped a beat with it, but it was um, yeah you know, I don't know what how much more we can really say about this book without you know 
<laughs> without making those faces even more confused than they actually are. Like, I can, I can try. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm willing to. I'm willing to keep going. Like that, that's. I think, I'm willing I think to go until they're completely broken. The the biggest association I think Starman character has overall is just the Society of America, um, from the '40s on through his uh, Jack Knight incarnation, even Star Girl. That's a constant. Uh, like we said, we had a good crossover with Captain Marvel in the Jack Knight run. Uh, Sandman, the Wesley Dodd Sandman, uh, Adam Strange, uh, Starboy from the future, of course, a Starman himself at some point. Uh, there's an interesting two-parter from the 60s with Black Canary that uh, Robinson ends up uh, riffing on and uh, giving a little more depth to. And of course, uh, Jack Knight did meet Jor-El at one point, Superman's dad. There you go. Yep. So, yeah. So, so he's interacted with a with a fair few, but yeah, it's uh, and then um, of course you've got the 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 Legion of Superheroes because of um because of uh what's it when he meets up with how do I can't I can never pronounce the guy's name um, Tom Callum. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, that, that so that the the Legion of Superheroes kind of um, link there as well. Um, it's just yeah, and then you've got everyone Ted Nice associated himself with, which is basically everyone in the DC <laughs> universe at some point. So we'll we'll start with. Well, should we go alphabetically? Sure, the Adam <laughs> probably yeah. the first one. <laughs> no, um, uh, Airwave. Sorry, he comes before the Adam. <laughs> So this is kind of like what how I was saying to you before. You could read, um, you can read Starman and come away with a really, really good knowledge of of the DC universe from the Justice Society right through till till the end of Jack Knight's run. So it's it's worth it just for that kind of point of view. Cool. Um, those are our, all our official questions. Um, I was curious what. What sort of stories does he actually have? <laughs> like, what what does what does he get up to day to day? Is he beating up bank robbers? Is he catching aliens? Is he discovering what the meaning of life is? He he is a part of like if DC did a crossover, he he would be a part of it. Like uh, Matthew mentioned earlier, that the Starman. From the 853rd century was part of the dc 1 million crossover where they chose the 835th century because it was actually that would be if action comics went to issue 1 million mm. that's when it would be so they called the they called the series dc 1 million um and uh and so all of the characters from the 853rd century came back there was a star man among them who was actually a bad guy until he kind of yeah and then he meets ted knight um and he's kind of swayed around to the the, the family heritage and uh ends up sacrificing himself um so uh there's jesus so he he does get involved but he doesn't go looking for it so it's almost like if you could think of it He's probably contractually obliged to be in those crossovers, <laughs> but it, he'd never—he'd never the driving force behind them. 
you know, right. in his own comic book, you very rarely see him go up against like a, you know, uh, like a, a Dalek. What what was it that they used to call them? Um, uh, BEMs. You couldn't have any BEMs oh, on monsters. BBC. Bug-eyed monsters. So oh, right, yeah. you don't you don't come across the BEMs. It does have um, some really cool supernatural stuff going in from time to time. Mm. Um, not too heavy or over the top. Um, but his day-to-day life is it's really it's just a he's a guy trying to avoid it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. He's he's you know he's trying to go and pick up a, a crate of um, you know BB King records that someone's got the next county over and yeah. while he's heading to get them, something happens, something pops up and all of a sudden he's roped into to doing his, his thing. But he, like he never has an official costume really. He's got his jacket and his glasses and stuff. Um, but he never, he kind of like, and this this is going to now sound like I'm taking the piss, it's, <laughs> it's kind of almost like the, the Smallville kind of thing. He, he never gets into the tights. You never see him fully kind of spandexed up. Now I'm regretting taking so many Smallville digs because now it sounds like I'm taking all of them. Steve, have you ever heard of this show called Smallville? It's about Superman when he before he actually puts on the tights and has any powers. You you might like it. Yeah, I've heard I've heard yeah, it's not that. Yeah. I think you could go for a season or two. Um, or nine. So it's kind of it's almost that philosophy behind it. Like he he is like you know, obviously Tom Welling is, is Superman, especially in the in the later seasons. Um, Jack Knight is obviously Starman, but he never dons the costume. He's never got the cape. He never, even at one point, they don't even like for Halloween throw him into a costume for a laugh or or anything like that. It's so his day to day life is just him trying to trying to do what he does and avoid all the the crap that's coming his way because of the whole Starman legacy. For, for him, it's almost like he's just trying to uh, get to know his father better, make amends with that relationship, and find a way to forgive himself for treating the way he his, – for his bad relationship with his brother. And he's just trying to make a living you know, with his collectibles shop, and that seems to be the driving force of his character. And everything else just kind of happens because he gets attacked and he has to sort it out. The mist comes back and she brings all the drama with her and he's got to sort it out and stop her so he can just go back to, you know, finding those BB King records at the, you know, at the flea market or whatever, that kind of thing. And the, the older characters like Ted Knight originally in the 40s was, you know, it could be simple bank robber, gangsters, saboteurs. During World War II, of course, was were always popular. Um, nothing ever really mystical with that, uh, or even that, or anything from outer space. I don't think. If rereading everything I, I read, I don't recall any outer space uh, alien invasions. Nothing like that, even in the 40s. It was all pretty low key. They really didn't seem to use the uh, the idea of Starman and the powers he had for for anything really challenging it was all pretty easy stuff for him to deal with uh and that is kind of weird considering gardner fox was the writer for most of the stories and he's known as a pretty darn good writer so uh a lot of low-key stuff a lot of street level stuff for him in the 40s and then uh you know like steve said the 
the 90s stuff is probably i bet will payton probably had more uh cosmic stuff even than than jack yeah well, he series. was involved in um there was the invasion crossover yeah um, yeah back in the day that so he was he was involved with that that's kind of that's that's also another kind of interaction that will payton had they they actually started kind of steering him down towards a relationship with power girl um because him and power girl met during the during the invasion and they did a few crossovers with them and were hinting at a romantic kind of thing going on with with those guys um and they met up crossed over with firestorm which crossed over with invasion and uh and yeah so that was that was that was mainly his thing again um will payton himself was was a very grounded character you know you'd have issues that were almost kind of like um 60s 70s spider-man where yeah, he's trying to pay the rent. He's trying to get a job. Um, you know, at one point he's he's rejected for a job and he slams the phone down, but guess he's got strength and destroys the phone. And so then his regret is, shit, I don't have the money to pay for a new phone now. Um, <laughs> you know, and so they did they did kind of have that aspect to his character. But a lot of the the things that he was fighting were um, were kind of. Uh, like there, was, there was a great thing where he had a contract killer who was after him called Bolt, um, uh, which was really, really cool. They um, they had the Batman crossovers like I was talking. A big thing was was uh, a group called the Power Elite. The Power Elite were the people who were supposed to get Will Payton's powers that I was talking about before. And because they didn't get the energy that they were supposed to get, Will Payton kind of had the combined powers of all of them and they only kind of got one of the powers each themselves. So one guy could fly, one had super strength, one had the the energy blasts and that kind of thing. But he wasn't really like an alien kind of fighting kind of kind of dude. I don't think any of the Starman, except for the ones which are aliens, yes, have yes, really had that much definitely. to do with, with aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, and we should point out that that um, Will Payton, it was eventually revealed, was actually the embodiment of the spirit of the Starman who came from space. So the Starman called Prince Gavin um, and Will Payton, when Will Payton was hit by that beam, basically Will Payton more or less ceased to exist and the Prince Gavin spirit came into his body and so now they're kind of like a, a, a joined kind of being. So let's get started on that. I think this is a good point to get started on that. You know, we'll go real deep into it, real, real deep. Um, but no, that's basically the longest short of that. So, so, so many, yeah, so many characters end up becoming other characters. Like we mentioned before, like there was there was the O'Dare, who was a, a previous Wild West character, who then reincarnated into a character from the future. You've got Starman and, and Prince Gavin, they kind of came together. The 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 Mikhail Thomas Starman, who we've spoken about before, he's kind of the purplish one. I think we can see the bottom of him uh, behind Matthew there. Um, Here, point him out. Can yeah. you see him on there? That one there. <laughs> <laughs> see that one? He's that one. Um, I think he's on, he's on my right of Will Payton. So, um, he, 
He ends up becoming a major supporting character. Solomon Grundy, we didn't even touch on this. We didn't even no. touch on this. Solomon Grundy becomes a major supporting character in Starman. Huh? Like, he... Uh, yeah, let's get started Solomon on that. Grundy. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get started on that as well. So, geez, we've got so much to cover, guys. How much time have we got? We haven't even really left. <laughs> Left Earth, yeah. But as I said, we can talk about this forever and we're still pulling things out. And Solomon Grundy, by the way, is not even just a small part of it. Like, Grundy becomes a major character in Starman, becomes one of the, the best, like, one of the best supporting characters in it. Like, he's fantastic. Oh, geez, I can't even believe that we've only just now started talking about Solomon <laughs> Grundy. I don't know so how I think we the best thing... talk more about Shade. The Shade, though, is, oh, is so shade. important. Um, <laughs> you like, can almost call this series the Shade, also. That's, that's the thing. That's... We could, we could, the, the best way to, like, you, you can sit here and talk about Starman all day. Only way to truly get what we're talking about is you have to read it. You yeah. really do have to read it because it's, it's complex, but it's, it's as easy to read as a normal mainstream superhero book. Like, it could, it could be a Vertigo title. If it wanted to be, if they wanted to put Starman in as a Vertigo title, it would have worked. If it was a mainstream title, it still worked. You know, it was. Um, but it, to read it is is just an experience on its own because you wouldn't have read anything like it before, um, and it's just it's a hundred percent worth it. So, two and however many hours in, the conclusion of the whole episode is. Just go and read it. Pretty much, just, yeah. Just go read just it. Just get involved. Just get involved, mate. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I try, I try and do as, as Aussie a thing as I could then. Yeah, get involved, mate. <laughs> there you go. The Aussie demands it. Yeah, get involved. <laughs> get stuck um, into it. Yes. I mean that those were our questions. Yeah. I think we've covered as much as is humanly possible in a semi decent amount of time. Yep. Um in terms of just go and read it. Um I know you both have put forward some things for a reading list. Um so we start with Matt, what what would you say the first part of the reading list would be? Um if you're interested in the Golden Age stuff, I would read the two uh, archive editions featuring all Ted Knight's solo adventures from the 40s. It's two volumes. It's all everything from 61 through 102 adventure comics. And then I just have the the full Starman series by James Robinson. It's available in six omnibus editions. At this, uh, at least that's I had to get the second half in omnibus editions because uh, after about issue 42. Our first child was born. I had to cut comics out entirely, so I had to come back and get the omnibus editions after uh, after we were back in a place where I had disposable income. So I would just I, I, I simplified it down to that. My experience with Will Payton is very limited, so I left that up to up to Steve, and he had some recommendations for the Will Payton yeah, character. Well, the Will Payton stuff has never actually been collected into a trade. We haven't actually. I don't think so. We've never we've never seen it collected. Um, so, um, really the only way to get it, you've got to go out there and, and dive into the back issue bins. Um, I, I honestly think you can start with any of the, the first 25 issues and you'd, I think you'd find something in there that you like, like it's not one of those ones where you have to start from number one. 
he's a he's a pretty pretty standard uh pretty standard superhero. Um, uh, he's as I said, he had a prominent uh, part in Invasion. Uh, not in the the core series itself, but the core series has been collected, so you can get that. Uh, and Eclipso's Eclipso uh, Darkness Within. Uh, that's that's where you you see where he dies, and that's where it leads into his first appearance in Starman Zero. Um, and the aforementioned Starman 26 and 27 to see the first appearance of um, David Knight. You know, um, and cool. yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, and oh, I meant to say the the omnibus that Matt was talking about, they're yeah. um, being re-released as a trade paperback, uh, starting ah. I think around about November. Cool. So all six issues, and the six issues include all of the crossovers we were talking about. So like the Hellboy, Batman, Starman crossover oh. are a part of it. Captain Marvel issues, they're all a part of it. The Shade had his own miniseries. Um, that's all a part of it. So when they say everything, they mean absolutely everything. And it even includes the issue 81 that I think it includes the issue 81 that, that um, oh, mine does. Mine does. Matt, Matt was talking about. Yeah. So, um, and uh, that takes place years after. And like, like Matt was saying, it's a nice little, like, just kind of almost like a catch up. Where are they now for some of the, for some of the characters? Um, in a, an extreme example of a zombie comics. So it's uh it's it's not bad. So that yeah, I'd say just pick up any any issue. And go for it. There you go. Get involved. So now you have no excuses. Go read it. Get involved. Get involved, mate. Get her done. <laughs> well, there we go. We got both sides of it. We got both sides of it now. I would never say that. Get in involved life, to get it done. There you go. Or you can go on and do it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much, Matt, and thank you so much, Steve, for joining us. Thank you, thank you. Thank um, you. This yeah, has been well. a mind-melting experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, going to go lie down and uh, watch this Smallville you guys are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hang Sounds on a good. sec. We have to, we have to start again. Um, Steve Ray just texted me. He said he's just about to jump in. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to do that all again. Right. Yeah. Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dearie me. I don't think I can cope oh. with that. I, I'll listen to this episode again in about a week when I've recovered. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, make sure you keep an eye on our social medias to see what the next subject will be and get your questions in. Make sure you, as always, get in your requests for what subject you'd like us to talk about. Uh, as always, all votes count and are carried forward. We will get to everyone eventually um, and remember to send in pictures of your cork board and string <laughs> collectively we can be found on instagram facebook and twitter just by searching for superheroes for dummies uh, i'll go to our guests last uh dan where can where can people find you on tinternets uh people can find me on the deep 
Dark Twitterverse under the handle Dark underscore Ronin84. So it's Dark underscore R-O-N-I-N 84. Lovely, very, thank you very much. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Paul Damac, P-A-U-L-D-A-M-A-C or superdummy.co.uk where all my linky stuff is on uh, or a fantastic universes podcast feed for the geek show of which i need to get all three of you on mm-hmm. um, so i will be dragging all three of you into that kicking and screaming <laughs> with my uh, Matt... <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh matt where can people find you uh you can find me at DC Comics News for uh, reviews. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Matt B underscore Lloyd. You can also find me on Twitter at Comics Lloyd for the classic comic show on this very network. And you can even email me uh, for that show at uh, classic comics MBL at gmail.com. And Mr. Upside Down Steve. Where can people find you? Uh, I am. You can. You can, mm. you can <laughs> find me. As you can see, I'm stringing this out because I he's can't probably hanging out my, the pub with Mark Pillow. Cannot cannot remember what my Twitter handle actually is. Um, so you can find me on the internet. Let's make it. Um, Let's make it interesting. Let's just see if you can find me, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) on the internet. Um, Either hint, you you, you need to use your keyboard. Um, No, I've... uh, I am at... So let's let's edit all that. (laughs) I'm at Retro Project Pod is where you can find me on the internet. Uh, you can also, that's my that's my podcast show where I speak to people I've always wanted to speak to under the guise of a legitimate podcast. Um, <laughs> and you will also be able to find me in the future on Comics in Motion with the new podcast, which we're starting up called My Favourite Episode. So I look forward to speaking to a lot of the Comic in Motion people on that show. Um, and aside from that, uh, there's other places you can find me, and I look forward to you doing so. <laughs> Brilliant. Awesome. Good luck, everyone. I was not prepared <laughs> for that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we will remember to put links in the show notes. That that might be easier. Maybe. Yes. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> yes. Uh Make sure you subscribe to the feed because there are some wonderful shows on the network. There is something there for everybody, including Steve's new show coming up, grabbing you in your ears. Uh, And of course, Matt's show as well, Classic Comics. Give us a like, subscribe, five-star review, tell your friends, your families, strangers. Lockdown is lifting soon properly, apparently, so you can go and shout people on uh, on public transport go for it thank you for listening we are superheroes for dummies we are produced by steve and adam ray edit and mixed by adam ray music from professor elemental and we are a proud member of comics in motion and this is usually where steve says his bit yep (laughs) 
this is where he says his bit, but he's not here, so he's not going to say that uh, bit. I, I don't, bit, don't trust. Bit, I'm not saying bit, nothing else. Bit, bit, I have trouble with my Twitter handle. Get involved. So we just, so we just end it here. Just remember your request. You may have come into this show as a super dummy, but you will now leave as a superhero. There you go. There you go. So remember, guys, your requests, your questions, your episodes. Every hero needs theme music, and this is mine. Find a beat that shines, renewed spirit and mind. Spitfire when I swing in with some friends of mine. Rewired till I arrive at the end of time. This is music to play in black holes, alternative futures. Retune to play on your onboard computer. A song to play in Batmobiles, or Plastic Man's iPod. Satana backwards magic words, or Marvel Man, my god! Fire up the turbines, the game's afoot. Underwear over tights is now a good look. If there's been monkey business, I head off on a mission. I'm ready for anything in a head-on collision. So listen all vagabonds, scoundrels and villains. Beware because it's on, this is just the beginning. No cape, just a time belt with vivid shine. Every hero needs theme music and this is mine. Drinking his tea. This is your tune now, your theme music. Stand strong in the storm or easily breeze through it. I'm passing a mantle, bestowing a gift. It might take you some training before you know what it is. It's the bite of a spider that's radioactive. It's mutant synapses becoming finally active when no one else could ever really walk in your shoes. Walking into exams or out of job interviews to deal with every evil ex or several devilish kids. To enter the ring already a legend, ready to win whenever it is. Every right to work on a Monday in a hurricane. Tired and you're underpaid, find you want to run away. Hey, face front, true believer. If you don't believe in you, then they won't either. This is the teaser trailer for your blockbuster event. And you're at the center. This is so intense. Well, I just Okay.